0: Material Components Episode 2 The Faces You Know And welcome to Material Components, the real-play RPG show all about intelligent items and the players who love them. I am your Dungeon Master, Mike Gergoni, and joining me as always are my intrepid adventurers. Say hello, adventurers.
1: Hello! Hi!
2: Hi! Adventurers! Hello! Oh, wait, no. I got that
1: wrong.
2: I am Olivia Gray, and I will be
3: playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. (laughs) I am Cass, and I'll be playing Cherish, the Tiefling Sorcerer.
1: Uh, My name is Michael, and I will be playing Sid, the Rogue.
4: I'm Reed Morris, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Warlock. It's
1: true. All of these things are true. So,
0: I would like to start off this session by asking the same thing I ask every time, though this is, of course, the first time I am asking it, because it is episode two. Oh, of
5: course. (laughs) And
0: and that is, do you remember what happened last time?
2: We um, genuinely don't know. <laughs> um yes.
3: I do. Yes. Okay,
1: great. Start us off.
3: Okay. So we all showed up at the Maker Festival. Mm-hmm. Sid almost got beat up. Um Perish and Tears are reunited. Um Grawl failed to get out of a life debt. Um,
4: <laughs> I got <laughs> Grawl got out of fifty percent of a life That's debt. True. Yeah, yeah. There's still fifty.
3: Yeah, I'm um,
4: in 50% of a life.
3: Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, we were all having a good time, and then just... Everything stopped.
0: That was a pretty good description of precisely what happened, is...
5: Because,
0: yes, the Maker Festival, that five-day festival that uh, where all of the Tempest Rest Valley gathers into the city of Stormhaven to show off their wares, and hopefully attract the instincts or the the magical tethers that calls one to their forge-bonded items. Children from all over the valley are brought to the city of Stormhaven to parade through the streets, looking at vendor stalls and hoping to find their forge-bonded item. But during this festival, this coming of age for most of the valley, there was a a strange occurrence. Do you remember what happened within that that freezing?
1: Um there was a weird uh creature um who tried to attack us. Uh he was very creepy. Um oh and like everybody had like threads coming out of their heads and going into the sky. That was um that might be, might be important. Might be important. Except for us. Yes, specifically us. Um and maybe some others off in the distance. We're not sure um we ran into oh what was the weird potato guy
3: uh he was a folk of Leng. he was a what uh well that's what mike said afterwards that he's a folk of lang
1: folk of lang okay you know uh, you,
0: you he know he is a folk and you know he is from some place called lang beyond yeah. that who knows? Oh, this
3: beyond thing. beyond that, he's a gross potato face boy. <laughs> uh, he, he was bad not... to be
2: around. Yeah. Did
3: not ask yeah. his name
2: because we hate him. Right.
4: <laughs> I suggested Kirby, but I don't think that. I don't I think. Mean, it's
2: honestly, if his, his name is name.
1: anywhere as gross as he is, that would make it even worse.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's
4: Like Keith or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Take that, all the Keiths listening. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Sorry. <laughs> you know what you did.
1: Um. What else did we do?
4: Hmm. Hmm. Oh, no. We true. saw the giant thing. Who
2: was touching all of the threads. Yes. It was
3: also bad. To be around. Yeah, it
1: seemed, seemed pretty uh, not great to run into. So um, we ran.
0: From the Nightwalker, that giant of anti-life that was striding through
1: the frozen city.
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. Y'all ran and <laughs> took me with you. <laughs>
1: I mean, you eventually ran when we talked you into reason. <laughs>
4: I think it went pretty well. All
1: right. Next time, we'll just leave you to die. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, great. As long as we're, uh, yeah. Um, and then we ran into the, oh, I wrote it down somewhere. The witch. Uh um, witch. sky witch. Yes, thank you. This is true. At the center,
0: or near the center of all this, you encountered the Sky Witch, that white-blue creature of strange fractal patterns and ephemera, as she tried to understand what was happening in your city. Uh, You seemed to be at the center of things, according to her. Mm -hmm. And, in her words, she hoped that you would help her understand and undo the tangle, whatever that is. Yeah. And it was at that point that you came out of that strange blue-gray other world, that in-between place. Yes, Olivia? He something also,
2: else? They also told us that we would be tested four times. Mm-hmm.
0: That was a minor detail that did, in fact, oh, come up. Oh, right. The tests. Then yeah. <laughs> That in a year and a day, the first four tests would occur
1: i believe they were um algebra um geography um, <laughs> history um and arts and crafts is that right yep oh, Got extreme it. arts and crafts, <laughs> crafts <is subjective>.
4: <laughs> extreme <laughs> arts and crafts extreme
0: underwater basket weaving would be the fourth and final test of course oh god i'm not looking forward That's to that. mike
4: mike <laughs> if you make that an actual thing please please <laughs> just find a way to actually weave that into this no pun intended
1: uh, i think it was Unintended. i don't know yeah
4: So,
0: after that declaration, you were drawn out of this strange in-between realm and came face-to-face with the old mage, that wizardly woman who protects the whole valley and shepherded basically all of civilization to safety 500 years ago when magic went mad and the world was consumed by the Outer Storm. And she offered you basically help. Over the course of the next year, she offered to help in whatever way you wanted. And a few offers of schooling were given out. Some offers of staying out of your way (laughs) were given out. (laughs) And so we'll be jumping back in in a year's time. So over the course of that year, what were your characters up to?
1: Don't all go at once. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go in the same order that we introduced ourselves? Sure.
2: Uh, yeah, we yeah. can. Um, well, the morning after this guy, in which gives us the test, uh, tears a hundred percent goes back to that alley where we met the Nightwalker, and she is very certain that she's going to have to be comforting the families of someone's died because. That revulsion and horror that she and Cherish felt was so real and so palpable. And she gets there, and it's just a regular day. Um, it's bright and cheerful, and when she asks around and asks, um, asks after anyone who's died or become sick, nobody knows what the hell she's talking about. Nope. And it's... When your job, or when you're going out into the world to protect people, and then you feel like you've failed, and then it turns out that you haven't maybe, it's like, re- really confusing, especially when you're 12. It was so, a
0: bit of a roller coaster for Tirza, yes.
2: Yeah. Um. so she spends, I mean, she just kind of descends into, like, some, yeah, some people just, like, harden themselves when they have to feel emotions. And she's definitely one of those people. So she um, goes south with her her mentor, Neta, and she does nothing but train and pray for the entire trip. Um,
0: and this is, of course, Neta. part of the Hajri, which is Tirza's religion's sort of coming-of-age journey and trial of adulthood in which you travel to the all four of the Bari villages in which the Jarashir sort of are the dominant culture. If we bring up the map now. Hello, map! You started off on the no- the very farthest north of the Bari, which is Utbari. Traveling to Stormhaven, you then went all the way south to Dakbari, which is located on the edge of a massive glacier just the east of Srothheim,
2: And there she met um, an old rancher who um, keeps
0: Oh lord. Oh no. And we lost Olivia mid-story. Suspense is killing me. Oh no.
1: <laughs>
0: How does it end?
1: How does it
2: end? Does she make it?
0: Um, I have a feeling that she does in fact make it okay well should we move
1: on to the next one
0: uh hopefully while Olivia is figuring out her internet connection I'm really hoping she realized she disconnected and is (laughs) still talking
1: yeah we'll find out
0: (laughs) but in the meantime if somebody
1: else would like to pick up um I believe alphabetically uh, Cass your next up uh I can also go next if you're not. Right. Yeah,
3: no, sorry. I was sending her a message to be like, "Hey, you, you know, you disconnected, right?" <laughs> okay. Um uh okay, so Cherish uh was offered by the old mage to uh like go to the magic school uh on the shore of Lake Quelio uh and like learn magic and like just stuff in general um which she was very excited about um because she was like basically she just thought that her whole year would be learning cool stuff, learning how to do cool stuff and hanging out with the old mage. Um but that's not exactly what happened. No. <laughs> um, uh she was kind of not denied access, but like denied access to a lot of stuff at the school.
0: It turns out that a lot of the tutelage that happens under the old mage is more of an apprenticeship program. Cherish was assigned to a teacher of sorts, and their teaching style was not exactly to Cherish's liking.
3: No, they were more focused on, like, not doing magic. (laughs) Like, Like, all that stuff in the Karate Kid where he's, like, doing stuff that's not karate, but, like, that stuff was useful, and this stuff, like, isn't. (laughs) There's no wax on, wax off that comes into play later, as far as Cherish is concerned. (laughs) Um, And she, like, the the progress that she makes in that year is completely in spite of the very dumb and stupid teacher she has. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So she's very frustrated because, uh, she wanted to like. I don't know, do more stuff, and she felt like she could have done more stuff staying at home. Um. Like, I don't know, firing magic missiles at like cactuses and shit. <laughs> she also had her first kiss.
0: It's true because oh, nice. just before you did leave home from Blue Gulch, you had your brief interaction with Jet, the young half orc.
3: My best friends. For now. It's fine.
0: Look, we've got a whole other party mm-hmm. of adventurers for you to be friends with, so
3: Exactly. That's I mean, and that's fine, right?
0: But just before you left for the old Mage's Tower, uh you had a uh, a brief and maybe uh I would say you probably giggled afterward and he probably fled afterward.
3: Oh absolutely. Like <laughs> he absolutely fled. Just booked it.
0: Mm hmm. classic jet.
3: Classic jet. Does he say he's
4: got a jet? <laughs> yes.
3: He does that all the time, in fact.
4: Good. I mean Good.
3: Cherish thinks it's funny. Yeah.
4: No. He thinks else does. it's funny. He sounds yeah. like a keeper. He sounds like a plane.
0: <laughs> but yeah. So a lot of Cherish's training revolved around meditation, focus, and study, and less yeah. about pew pew magic.
3: Exactly, which like boring. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. <clears throat> um, are you? Is that is that your year? Your yes, you covered it great. Um, okay, so Sid, um, after sort of witnessing the um the horrors of the of the previous year um decided that he needs to become a better swordsman
0: uh however despite his claims that he's already the best
1: sure he's he's pretty good but he didn't want um he didn't want um uh the archmage's help because whatever like she she hasn't helped him so far uh, as far as he sees it um and so he goes out and he finds (laughs) he challenges people to sword fights um and it turns out that most people don't challenge um or accept challenges from uh, ch- uh a child um <laughs> cuz yes to a, to a sword bite uh, cuz i believe hmm.
0: sid you're 15 years old at this time 15 yeah 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 um, it turns out not a lot of nice people accept uh, dueling challenges from 15 right. year olds um,
1: so that leads me to the people who did accept the challenge um <laughs> Not nice people, um no. kind of kind of the scum of uh Stormhaven, um real thugs, um uh, yeah, basically the people you would expect to beat up uh children. Folk who didn't uh, have
0: problems with beating up children.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um so uh won a lot of fights, uh lost a lot of fights, um but in spite of uh in spite of a pretty rough year um i uh, sid still uh has found some confidence in himself um however um he has learned a few valuable, valuable lessons from a particularly rough fight that he had recently uh semi recently um and so now he is in search of somebody uh who he deems worthy to teach him uh the art of the sword
0: Sid yes. is coming to the realization that there's perhaps a bit more to learn than just fancy footwork and a uh, flashy sword style. Mm-hmm. And he's hoping that somewhere out there there's somebody worthy of tutoring him. Right. Because um, if in a perfect world, it
1: would have been Sid's
0: mother teaching him these things.
1: Right. And that's kind of, that's part of the problem is I don't trust anyone to be as good at uh, at the sword as she, she was. Um, so... In his eyes, everybody else is inferior.
0: Right, and unfortunately, Angela's passing four years ago left Sid rather bereft of not only resources to find somebody like this, but also any amount of trust in people.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair assessment. Right. Um, so yeah, that was my year.
4: Okay. Um, Grawl, uh, what? You
0: could just lit- say
4: something out loud. A yeah, groover, we are having I couldn't read that. What? Yeah. yeah.
3: Oh, here she is. Oh,
1: I hear something.
4: She's, she's just booping us. <laughs> she's booping us. Yeah. Um anyways, uh Grawl had a fun and exciting year of not much happening. <laughs> um so Grawl, upon receiving his invitation to train at the Tower uh was like yeah sure whatever old lady um and decided um that he was gonna stick with what he was planning on doing in the first place which was going to the library in old haven um so that's what he did um he stayed in in storm for uh several months um trying to like decipher all the books in the old haven library um to little little to no effect at all because he can't read and um fun fact uh when you're a giant monstrosity of a creature um no one's really willing to help you learn to read a book very few people yeah very few people um so after several months had passed uh grawl decided fine i give up uh on the the whole reading front and decided to join uh cherish and uh the old mage at their tower up on what is that crescent lake uh, up at crescent the edge Lake? of
0: Lake Quelio,
4: Lake Quelio. It looks like a crescent. Okay,
1: wasn't the uh, town name Crescent yes. Edge? Yeah, the yeah. the
4: town slightly south is Crescent's Edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. But after after training for like a month with these uh mage slash like monks kind of thing, they're very like cherish like like didn't learn a whole lot just kind of sat around and learned how to be patient which grawl is not a strong suit <laughs> um not precisely no yeah no uh grawl being fed up with uh sitting around and doing nothing um and ma- learning how to like read other than that uh he was not having a good time uh so he he stormed off to the the old mages like i don't know i don't I don't know chambers yeah basically room i i don't know office next to the coffee machine (laughs) Uh, not precisely uh, but close yeah uh graal asked for uh something to do something that would uh like fit him more properly than sitting around and flipping through pages of a like nonsensical book uh graal was sent on a mission to um crescent's edge to fight a cultist well,
0: specifically um, to track down a cultist to search out someone who had infiltrated the town's upper echelons
4: so he went to fight a cultist because he knew it would wind up being a fight because that's how Gral likes it <laughs> um and he defeats the cultist and um you know stabs him a little bit with his giant sword and then comes on back to the tower after a job well done, yes, you had helped root Ooh.
0: out a dragon-worshipping cultist within the town of
4: Crescent's Edge. Which, there's nothing wrong with being a cultist. It's what you do with the cultist matters. <laughs> and we have Olivia back. So,
0: when Damn. last we left Olivia, <laughs> you were traveling southward to some kind of training montage.
2: Uh, to Doc Barry, Um where I met. Actually, it was kind of good that I got cut off because it allowed me to go through my notebooks because I named these people. Good. <laughs> um, I
0: should probably write this down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I met the um, reindeer rancher, Kino. Uh, that's H E I N O, my free and his grandson Balin B-A-L-Y-N-N. because it's so
0: nineties.
2: <laughs> um and they kind of took me under my under their wing while I was in Duck Buddy and taught me how to ride reindeer and Pino was like, Let's get calm this Fucking kid down because she <laughs> needs it, um, and it sort of worked. We'll see. Maybe who knows.
0: <laughs> but it was during this training that, uh, on one fateful day, Tirza found herself, Hino, and Valen trapped in a blizzard upon the glacier itself, and in a very epic fashion, her paladin powers began to awake in earnest. Uh, Because I think over the course of the year, the big takeaway here is that you all trained and grew in some fashion or another. And as such, of course, as the GM, it is my want to reward you for hard work, whether that be on-screen or off-screen. So, not only are you all now level two, way to go. Yeah! They also each pick up different proficiencies and abilities based on your level up. First right. things first is the increase in power in your forge bonded items. Ooh. As we established last time, your forge bond items have the ability to grant you advantage on skill checks of some kind or grant you an extra skill, skill proficiency of some kind. And now that you have deepened that bond somewhat, reaching second level, you can now use that ability twice per day. Huzzah. Yay! And moving, moving forward. Well. Crisp high five? Crisp
4: <laughs> high five. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, it. <is.
2: laughs>
4: Movie magic, guys. Movie magic.
2: Hell. The
1: power of
4: editing.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll put in a oh, my- smack sound effect there
1: yeah
5: please Thank you.
1: <laughs> there you <we> go
0: <laughs> but you there is some consolation prizes for Grawl because while you didn't necessarily spend the whole year studying at the tower you did spend a little time there so a whole month a whole month but that was enough time with dedication and focus to learn yourself common so way to go you can now read Yay. and write
3: Woo! Woo!
0: dreams do Yay. come true
3: Literacy.
0: Mm. You can also recognize Elvish when it is spoken around you. Okay. Wow.
4: So that's nice. I forgot, to, I, I forgot to write down recognize Elvish.
1: <laughs> how proficient is that? He just knows like what it is. If he hears Elvish being
0: spoken, he can recognize it. And he maybe knows how to curse an Elvish.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
2: That's all you need.
4: Yeah. yeah. Can I ask where the bathroom's at? Poorly,
0: but yes. Yes, okay.
2: What did I get?
0: Tears (laughs) I... Your time spent in the vicinity of Srothheim has granted you proficiency in the language of Dwarvish. So you can now inscribe runes upon things and it'll look metal as hell. You also know the best cursing language.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Although Infernal would be pretty good, I feel like.
3: Well, yeah, because yeah. it's... Just right.
1: You're literally cursing. Um, Grawl, just
0: so we loop back before I get too far, uh, of course, you did also gain some, um, let us call them unique insights into that cultist spellbook, which your sword <laughs> devoured.
4: It's like chicken. Mm -hmm. Chicken and fell. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you will be
0: able to pick up an extra cantrip from the wizard's spell list. (laughs) (laughs) Tirza, your training has also granted you proficiency with animal handling, so way to go.
1: All the animal friends.
0: (laughs) All those animal friends. (laughs) Cherish, you were far more dedicated in your time at the tower, because unlike Grawl, you stuck it out. You, through perseverance, training, and focus... <laughs> Drop something on that laptop?
1: <laughs> it's fine. Olivia,
0: remember, your microphone is attached to the thing that you're just jostling around. It's fine. <laughs>
2: It won't happen again
1: You no longer have animal proficiency (laughs) Yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) But Cherish, due to your hard work You now have proficiency In three languages of your choice Whoa Uh, Essentially You get the linguist feat uh, Minus the stat increase Okay So not only can... I don't know what
3: that is off the top of my head. Uh, (laughs) You
0: get three languages of your choice as proficiency. You also can create written ciphers that have a uh, a DC to break based on your intelligence score, I believe.
3: Awesome. Oops, I'm going to spell cipher. Um, I think I'm going to go with um, Elvish, Draconic, and Goblin.
0: Excellent choices.
3: Since Tears already has Dwarven figure, we should just cover our bases.
4: Yeah. <laughs> oh, and question. Mike, yes. when you say an extra cantrip, is that in addition to my normal two? Um, now I would have three. Yes. but <sighs> I can math.
0: But specifically, it has to be from the wizard's spell list. Okay, okay, okay,
4: okay. I know exactly which one I'm taking. (laughs) I have to look it up.
0: Sid. Yes. Your time spent on the streets of Stormhaven, uh, rushing about and, let's be honest, picking fights, (laughs) has earned you a bit of a reputation. Uh, Okay. As such, you now have the... Basically, the primary feature from the Folk Hero background. Oh, sweet. You are a recognized persona in certain districts of Stormhaven specifically. So while you're in those districts, you can garner certain rewards. Perfect. Uh, You can find that in the Folk Hero section of the Player's Handbook. I will look it up.
1: It won't necessarily be
0: super important this session. I'll say that right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, I'm just making a note to look it up later. Right. Cool. So, beyond
0: all that, you also achieved level two. And yeah, we're coming into this year with the four of you, Threadless, being a little bit stronger, a little bit more daring, and a little bit more capable.
4: So, oh, man.
0: <laughs> a year has passed since the events of that. Day during the festival. Sid, I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Oh,
1: God. <laughs> Hit by a bus. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty good. Uh, 13?
0: All right. The practice sword smacks you directly ah, in the thigh. That's no good. And your mother says as much. She says... No, Sid. Follow my hands, not my head. A face can lie. And she'll come at you again. Give me another dexterity saving throw. Okay. Uh 16. Watching her hands this time, you follow the motion of the practice sword as it swings again at your legs and you're able to skitter backwards slightly, maintaining your stance. Your mother Angela's warm smile spreads across her face as she watches you, and she says, "That's it. That's it.
1: Now you come at me." Okay, I make his hack roll. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to be a 16. All right.
0: Your swords clash together, and there's the clatter of wood through this hallway. Her smile never degre- decreases. Her eyes. Never seem to leave yours, though she counters each and every one of your strikes. Her sword dancing, her left hand tucked safely behind her back. She seems to be flowing like the wind, almost effortlessly in front of you. And despite yourself, you can't help but smile, feeling that this is what you're hoping to live up to. And the fact that she's here with you now to train you is precisely what you need
1: to move forward. Is this a dream? I Am I... I look at... Um, am I... Am I 16? Am I, what, 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 is, what is happening? Where am I? You are in a
0: brick-laden backyard. It seems to be some kind of courtyard behind a tall two-story home it's okay. not when you recognize but as you watch you can see that this was maybe a house your mother had had an
1: eye on for a while when you were younger um can i try to i want to do a bit of a sneak attack so i want to like maybe distract her with um uh some kind of sleight of hand if um I'm thinking maybe... Um... Give me a slide of hand roll.
4: Okay. I'm
1: trying to think of what I want to do. Uh, 17. Alright. So, you
0: do a, a feint, essentially. You yeah. play as though you're going to be motioning to her left, when in fact you're about to dodge to her right. Uh, move you've seen her use countless times. Yeah. And... Almost without even really realizing it, you are pretty sure, following the motion of her hands and her feet, that she is following your feint. And it isn't until you look up that you realize her eyes are locked on yours, and not only is she following your feint, she lunges into it.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. So Um,
0: rather than being where you think she's going to be, she's inside your reach, and has her practice sword clattering up against your ribs.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs> I fall over. Um, I'm like, God, I... Th- I, Okay, I thought I had you that time. I, s- I swear. I swear I had you that time and then I throw a bit of, like, dust in her face and I try to attack her again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> And she is laughing now as you <laughs> pocket-sand her.
5: <laughs>
1: um... I didn't roll well so it didn't it didn't go well. <laughs> I got a um I got a uh a 6. With
0: her sword still in one hand, she does a one-handed cartwheel backwards away from you as you throw the sand at her and she's it's laughing so cool. the whole time as she comes back up stance wide sword at the ready, her left hand now tucked back behind her waist and she says Clever tricks are all well and good, but I know everything you're going to throw at me, son.
1: What about this? And I throw my sword at her. <laughs> Cuz I don't I don't I have nothing else. Um I don't even know what what would I roll for that?
0: <laughs> uh give me an attack roll with just your dexterity, not your proficiency bonus.
2: Okay, cool. that would be
1: Ooh, 19. All right. Dang.
0: Storm Piercer flows straight through your mother's chest. She stands and stares at you, eyes wide, smile slowly drooping off of her face as the sword she used is embedded right in the center of her chest. She stares down at it, in a moment of stunned silence before looking back up at you and says exactly and that's when you
1: wake up oh shit
3: that was so wholesome right up until that point
1: Mm. literally
0: it is the first day of the maker festival People from all over the Tempest Rest Valley are pouring into the city to set up the shops, to erect their little stands, to make sure that their wares and crafted items are displayed properly for everyone of Stormhaven to see, for the children of the valley to walk past and hopefully find their forge-bonded items. Tirza, you are leading a group of such children. Netta, walking slightly behind you your caravan arrived in the city perhaps only a few hours ago but already you're making sure that this group of jarashir children is wandering through the mason's way district the southernmost district of stormhaven and it is neta and you who are watching over this gang of children and Netta says keep them close we don't want any of these little ones wandering off
2: yes ma'am of course Um, and then I actually think I turn and I take the hand of the one who's most likely to wander off
0: (laughs) Uh, little Tark is his name and he is a rambunctious little turd
2: (laughs) <laughs> He's a walking turd.
0: Cool. He is a young dwarven boy who, while being raised among the Jarashir, doesn't really cotton to the whole, like, living in modest serenity vibe that the Jarashir, he has a tendency to hoard things like a magpie. He has very often, like, taken shovels from people having to dig latrine duty, or taking candles that the campsite might need later down the week, and you find these little bundles of items that Tark has squirreled away from time to time, and you can see his wide eyes searching around these booths, and there's a little tremble in his hand as he strays past a fruit vendor, and you tug him away, and he's just like, aww.
2: Very good. Tark uh, will find me something better than some fruit. Don't worry.
0: And he says, What's better than
2: fruit?
3: They have a point here
4: <laughs> friendship.
3: <laughs> Maybe the real fruit was the friends we made along
2: the way. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, is there any pattern to where we can go, or it's just chaos?
0: It's a lot of chaos. There is a main thoroughfare leading northward towards Old Haven, but a lot of the vendors are setting up shops deeper along circuitous routes through the city, leading mostly to the northwest towards the Dustwater District, which is where you had all had your adventures last year.
2: I will kind of Start to lead
0: the group that way. Okay. Grawl, Cherish, you are coming into the Dustwater District with a caravan coming down from the Old Mage's Tower. While the two of you haven't really seen much of each other in the last year's worth of training, whether it be at the tower or out in the world itself, you have spent the last two weeks with one another, or at least in near proximity to one another along this caravan.
3: Um Carish is delighted.
4: Brawl um, is not.
3: <laughs> um because uh she didn't get to see uh Brawl at the old at the tower very much, if it, um and so she's like like Asking him like what he did over the year, like what power. Asking him if all the rumors that got started at the uh, tower about him were true. <laughs> um, it's true.
4: I did kill six different people. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> all in one blow. People sing songs about me.
3: Well, it's less songs and more like hushed whispers. But more yeah, true.
4: very quiet songs. They do sing. They do sing them. They're just very hushed.
3: Um, she's probably told him about her first kiss like at least five times. Um, and it's getting she, closer to 12. It's getting closer. Okay. Well, she thinks it's like okay. Okay. Um, and also, she's told anyone who can listen, which is misleading as a phrase because it's like anyone who can stand next to her for any given amount of time.
4: <laughs> it's like a cone attack, you know?
3: Basic. Basic. <laughs>
0: Rumor Mill has a thirty-foot cone in front of Rubek right, yeah it. yeah,
4: it has advantage too. <laughs> so
0: He's the two, so. the two of you are coming in through. I wouldn't necessarily call them gates because it is just sort of a de- demarcation line where the city begins. It's more that the the cluster of civilization becomes more condensed as you enter through the Dustwater District, but. Off to the side of the main road, you see a figure in white alabaster robes watching this caravan enter. And while she didn't accompany you from her tower, you can see that the old mage has apparently appeared to greet your entry into the city.
3: Hmm. Um, I, like, I don't know if the cart stopped or if it still moved regardless. Uh, Cherish kind of, like, hops off um, and, like, walks... Like, she does that thing where she's gonna, like, run over to her, but then she's like, oh, wait, I'm mad at you. So she just sort of, like, casually...
4: Uh, Grawl notices this and waits like a couple, like, a a couple long beats before following Cherish over. Like, yeah, like, hands in pockets trying to be cool about the situation. Like, I don't want to do this, but... Probably should.
3: The cool twins. Cool. Um
4: We look just alike. <laughs> Amazing. People mix us up for one another.
3: True, it's weird. Um
4: The
0: albino hobgoblin and the purple tiefling <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: It's I guess it's more of like a fraternal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: It's like an Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito sort of a yeah. thing. Yeah. Those kinds of twins. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Um, Even the DeVito though. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figure. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful and lovable. Um uh yeah, so Cherish uh kind of like walks over to the Mage and says, like, Hello, Miss Zenerva
0: And Zenerva, the old mage, this elf of indeterminate age, though she is called the old mage again dressed in these alabaster white robes with silver and gold trimming wielding a staff of entwined adamantine mithril and some kind of color-shifting crystalline material that you don't recognize stands in front of you and nods and says Cherish, Grawl it's good to see you've made it into the city yep did you have any troubles along the road?
3: No.
4: Uh Grawl definitely does the whole like side eye thing thinking of all the times he heard of, about Cherish's stories just it's like <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and she says, "Very well. I hope your year was a fruitful one. Time well spent."
3: Mm. It honestly could have been better. I wanted to talk to you a little than I was able to, which was of times.
0: Well, I apologize, my schedule is rather busy protecting the valley and all that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully during the festival after whatever happens tomorrow, we'll have a
2: chance to talk.
3: I hope so. Hey, um, do you know any way around this city at all very well, or, like, yeah?
0: I know a great many people.
3: I know, I mean like, directions.
0: Oh, um, yes, well, where would you like to go?
3: Well, um, I'm not sure where my mom's setting up this year, but I should probably, if anything, I should get to, um, Deskwalker, import and export TM. And I'll probably see her
0: at this point. Ah. Uh, so your mother associates with him, then?
3: Yeah, Omateth and Alexandra.
0: And she sort of flinches when you say his name. And she turns to Grawl and says, And you, Grawl, is there anything I can do to help you?
2: No. <laughs> Very well then. I'm,
0: if you'd follow me Cherish I'll be happy to lead you to where you need to go
2: thank you
1: Sid where are you on the first day of the festival um yeah I think I'm I'm, I'm looking around I, I, I'm i trying to ch- scope out maybe um and see if there's like uh some kind of like fighting tournament or like sword fighting. I want to like see if there's any like good swordsmen in the city. Um, This is probably the best time for me to to figure that out, you know, or to see like people from all over the Valley come together. Um, It's true. Yeah. All right. That's sort of what I'm I'm doing right now. And you're slightly
0: disappointed in the first few hours of your search because you seem to find that, While the Maker Festival is a time when everyone of the Valley is gathering, all of these tournaments seem to be more about the material components, pardon (laughs) the wordplay, (laughs) than the actual skill of the fighters themselves. It's Uh, more about showing off the new design of swords and armor than it is about the skill of the fighters themselves. So, unfortunately, Sid's search is a little depressing in that he is seeing lots of people showing off their fancy new swords or their robust new sets of armor, but not necessarily showing the type of skill you would hope for.
1: Okay. Well, that sucks. Um, I guess um... at one of these tournaments though,
0: you are watching these two sword fighters clash their long swords showing off two distinct different versions of cross guards that they're testing out. One that's more like a forked prong and one that's more like a bowl guard over the handle. And you can see that that forked guard has some advantages in terms of catching other blades and trying to flip them out of hands. But the the bowl guard has some advantages in terms of being able to just punch your enemy with this sure. big metal piece on your sword. Yeah. And... A voice behind you says, Not
1: very impressive this year, if you ask me. I turn around. I, it's clearly Omatep. I recognize his <laughs> voice anywhere.
0: Yes. Omatep is standing behind you, watching this fight, collecting some money from some people who have clearly made some bets with him. And he says, Honestly, if I was them, I would be focusing on bigger, better, heavier swords. I mean, that's just me. They say bigger is not always better, but in this case, bigger
1: is, can be better. I mean, they're clearly just showing off their weapons, so the more ridiculous the weapons, the better, probably. that's what I'm saying!
0: I need something big and ridiculous, like, I don't know, some kind of greatsword that has this big square blade and made of grey steel and can hack through the uh,
1: inborn knowledge of the person who is being attacked, Right? (laughs) Yeah, that's strangely specific. That's a strangely specific need you have there, Omeda. Have you met a friend of mine named I'm Rolf? just spitballing. You you you're just spitballing here. Okay. It's getting a little
4: warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is. Crazy. Uh, weird. Huh.
1: <laughs> Are you making bets on these fucking No, I am winning, winning bets, bets on these. You're winning bets on these guys. Man, I bet you if I fought these guys, they wouldn't know what hit them. <laughs> Oh, I am
0: sure. You are Angela's son, after all. There is... these posers wouldn't stand a chance. I bet they've never even fought anyone. And he, like, looks at the two of them fighting each other, (laughs) then looks back at you. Um, I think they've fought one or two
1: people. It looks more like dancing than fighting, if I'm gonna be perfectly honest. Hey, look. I knew your mother very well. The way she did it, she made it look like dancing as well. Yeah, but... (laughs) <laughs> Unlike these guys, she knew how to finish a fight. <laughs> this is true. But what uh, what brings you here, my friend? Uh I live over there, and I point to like an alleyway over that way. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. in my house. Oh. <laughs> Apologies. Oh, sure, just take off your shoes.
0: <laughs> and he looks down at these like nice little loafers he's wearing. He says, eh,
1: I'm okay. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, where are where you, where you uh, setting up shop this year? Oh, I decided to take the year off, actually.
0: Oh. You know, business is usually good all year round. For once, you know what? Omotep is taking
1: a vacation. Wow, that's so unlike you, Omotep.
0: Not to say that I haven't sponsored several businesses that are giving me at least a
1: forty-five to fifty percent cut based on their business intake throughout the city, but uh, okay. Well, can you? Uh, would you be able to point me in the direction of maybe some uh, armor sellers? Maybe some leather workers? I don't know. Uh, I've got. I've come across some coin recently um, through very legitimate legitimate purposes Uh, of course we
0: are all getting our coin legitimately
1: oh of course yeah oh i love conversations with you omatep you get me i feel like we get each other Mm -hmm,
5: mm -hmm. (laughs) taps his
0: nose and points at you and he says sid my friend of course you know an armor seller and of course she is in town right now
1: oh yeah i guess so Yeah, I guess it's about time I meet up with everybody, huh? I am not trying to pressure you, my friend. It's just, uh...
0: Look, with all these rumors floating around about you and your three friends, about what happened last year... There's rumors
1: about us? There's one or two. There's one or two. Yeah. Some stories going around about... The old mage uh... does not make offers of help lightly. Okay, so people saw that. Did they see how I dramatically turned away her uh, offer? I mean, she's like, hey, Sid, how about I uh, I help you with the best instruction in all of the city? And I'm like, Pff, nah, I got it. it. I was like really cool. And I was leaning against the wall and I had like a toothpick in my mouth and it was really cool. You know what, Sid? Yes, that is exactly what I heard. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> then my job is done. Yeah, uh, point me in the direction of um, what was her name? Calcom. Yep, that one. That one.
0: Funnily enough, I was just going to meet her. If you would like to follow me, I could take you right to her.
1: Yeah, sure. Maybe I'll show you some sights. Uh, There's a really good um, falafel.
0: Sid, I live in the city.
1: Oh. How did I not know that? Wait, 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 wait. wait. You're going on vacation in the city you live in? It's a staycation. It's a word I invented. Oh, okay. (laughs) I am on vacation, but staying here. It's so catchy. But man, you gotta, like, I mean, obviously the valley's not that big, but like you gotta see—you gotta see the valley, man. There's a lot to see.
0: <laughs> Sid, my young friend, I have seen a great deal in my life, and I am happy staying right here where it is safe. Okay, can't uh, argue with that. And Ometep leads you, winding through the city, the Dustwater District, towards the walls of Old Haven, near the northern edge of the Masons' Way, which is the southernmost district. Yeah. Gotcha strangely enough the old mage is leading you in near the same direction Grawl have you followed the old mage as well
4: yeah but like again five feet back from like Cherish who is following like looking at rocks that's a cool looking rock (laughs) I could beat up that rock everyone here is so so busy I wasn't even looking at me that much. Grawl, give me a perception check. (laughs) Plus... That's a 15. 15.
0: As you're walking past an alley, there's a brief moment where you see this hunched, robed figure outlined in the shadows cast between the buildings. And you do a double take, and you look back, and then there's nothing
4: there. Like a hunched, like, potato-like creature? (laughs) From a land of Lang or whatever. No,
0: this thing was much (laughs) larger. All you really saw was a strange, just amorphous mass that looked vaguely humanoid, with these two huge glowing green eyes staring at you, and that is what made you look back a second time, but then when you
4: looked back, it wasn't there.
3: Probably
2: fine.
4: That's fine, that's fine. There's a lot of different people in the world, you know, it's uh, it's it's the maker festival, okay? Yeah. Who am I to judge? (laughs) It's true. So, yeah. Okay, um, spooky. I mean, tis the season. So, (laughs) Yeah. Well, all right then. I'm going to keep on walking because they're not there and I have nothing to worry about.
0: Eventually, the old mage leads you to a storefront, the front door of which has a sign that says closed. Above, there is a garish sign that says Duskwalker Import and Export TM. The sign looks as though it is made of. A thousand different shop signs that have been torn apart piecemeal and their letters absorbed to make this sign. <laughs> like some kind of serial killer with a <laughs> ransom note wanted to set up shop.
2: Ransom note.
0: So all the letters are slightly different sizes and different fonts. It's really garish and it does stand out. So, graphic
3: design is my passion. <laughs> um. Uh, kind of stomps her foot a little bit, and she's like, Closed?
2: And
0: the old mage says,
3: Why is it never closed?
0: No, it's not. This is rather strange.
3: Well, do you magically know where my mom is?
0: I could find out.
3: That would be swell.
0: Or, more rightly, you could find out.
3: But he- what? <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> and she will wave her hand in front of her, and as it's passing in the air between the two of you, appears an orb floating about six inches above her hand, not actually touching. And she says, just picture your mother, hold the orb, and it will show you where she is.
3: Hmm. Now presented with an opportunity that is so vaguely worded as this, <laughs> uh, Cherish has a moment where she's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely been feeling some conflicted emotions about like, you know, what's your real family and like she loves Calcon a lot because she raised her from the babe stage and uh, is like afraid of hurting her feelings with how much she wants to find out about her
5: mom But also she really wants to know about her mom
3: uh so I think like it's almost it's almost like a moment where of like like conflicted for half a second but then like the the unconscious desire kind of like overtakes it and like kind of without realizing it she she's trying to picture like her mom from the vague descriptions that she has oh okay yeah
0: so essentially what's happening here is you're using this magical item to cast scrying Mm -hmm. In that you are only familiar with your true mother via vague descriptions and a letter given to you last year on your 13th birthday, give me an Arcana roll.
3: Okay. Um, And I'm going to use Maz to get advantage. Sweet deal. Boy, howdy, that is.
2: A, one, two, yeah, nine. yes.
0: Okay. There is a brief moment as you hold this orb and stare into its depths, and Grawl, you're watching this happen with the old mage as. Tear, or as Cherish's eyes flare with this bright iridescent gold her body goes rigid and the strange gems that line her arcane flower along her wrist begin to glow in their five individual colors black white, blue, red, and green Cherish within the orb you see an endless expanse of ice for the briefest of moments. At the center of this huge, wide tundra, you see a mountain that has been carved and chipped away to what looks like a castle. And then the vision fades. Okay.
3: Um is there like do I come out of it like with any ad not adverse effects, but like am I like kind of like reeling or whatever?
0: No, you feel fine. Okay. All you know is you have no idea where that was, and it's definitely not where Calcon is.
3: Um I don't Oh Oh, um can I try again? I I think I I think I searched for the wrong mom.
0: And the old mage will look at you with a a curious furrowing of her brow and say clearly we have much to discuss.
3: Yeah. You saw that too? No, but clearly
0: whatever you saw is not what you were expecting.
3: No. I mean, no. It's not.
0: And she says, very well, try again, child, but know that there's only two charges left on that device.
3: Oh, oh gosh, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I wasn't trying to, oh, man, Uh shoot. Um, okay. So this time she actually is concentrating on what Kalkin looks like, which is much easier. Yes. But she's definitely trying to keep her mind from straying to these ever-important questions that Nia answered me. Answer
0: uh, without even trying, once you're actually trying to picture Calcon, you can see her sitting in a bar somewhere, and a sign just over the bar says, The Wandering Rose.
3: Ugh, okay. This time it worked, and I'm so sorry for wasting another charge on your orc. Um, but we have to go to The Wandering Rose.
0: And the old mage sort of perks up and says, Very well. And with a wave of her hand, the orb vanishes from yours. You reach the Wandering Rose just as Sid and Omatep are approaching the outside as well.
3: Hi, guys.
0: Oh, hey. And Omatep says, perfect timing. It's like I planned it
1: this way or something. And I kind of give him a side eye.
0: And that's when Alexander leaps down off of a roof behind the old mage, Cherish and Grawl, and then scampers over to Armatep, climbs up his, onto his shoulder, and gives the old man a little bit of a thumbs up. And he says, "Good job, Alexander."
3: <laughs> Alexander, you were here the whole time.
0: Alexander, the small black and white capuchin, nods solemnly.
3: <laughs> you little scamp. <laughs>
1: and he gives a little shrug like what are you going to do
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: um
1: and i take a uh banana out of my pack that i totally bought and i um i bend down and i uh offer it to um alexander and alexander like
0: pats down the pockets he does not have and <laughs> looks at you With an expression that says, like, I have nothing to offer you. Oh, free of charge. And he takes the banana and cradles it in a way that's just like a holy relic that you're handing him. (laughs) And somewhat baffled, he looks back up at you, his hands poised to unpeel this treasure.
1: Yeah, now (laughs) you owe me.
0: And then Alexander's eyes narrow... And he hurls the banana back at you.
1: <laughs> oh, I was joking! You can have it.
0: No deal. And Alexander goes.
1: <laughs> All right, fine. And I just peel it and I eat it myself.
0: And you can always catch his little eyes watching you as you do it. And there's like a furrow in his brow, and his little and monkey I... face is just like, "Oh, you will pay for this day."
1: <laughs> and I'm enjoying this banana. It's great. It's a good banana.
2: Sid has made an enemy. Today. <laughs> Alexander will remember this.
0: (laughs) So you are all shown inside the Wandering Rose. There you meet Kalkan, and uh, merriment begins to be had by all. Though you do notice the old mage never steps foot inside. She watches the two of you uh, entering the bar and nods and says, I'll speak to you later then. Okay. I hope... Whatever trials you face on the morrow, farewell.
1: I'm sure it'll be fine. Yes.
0: <laughs> Tirza, as you're wandering through the city, you are looking around, you're you're watching your charge as well, Tark especially, that little little bastard. But <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> he literally keeps wandering off, and I have to, like, go leave the
0: group and catch him. Like, no, stop. But half of you is sort of glad for the diversions, because every time you're away from Netta, it gives you the opportunity to look more thoroughly for the people you're expecting to see. Because while you are focused on your duty at hand, a piece of you is still aware that whatever is going to be happening in the next 24 hours it involves your friend cherish and your new acquaintances grawl and sid
2: yes um i think that i do look for them um And every time I return to neta and the rest of the group it gets harder and harder not to just walk off into the city and go find my friends. My new friends.
1: Friendship.
0: But it's near... Closer towards evening, before sunset, but it's been a long day of walking these kids around the city. It's been like herding cats quite frankly. And... There's a lot of them that are dragging their feet now. I mean, these are kids. These are 10, 11, 12-year-olds. Honestly, you're not that much older than them, but the burden of your responsibility makes them all look at you as some other.
2: I don't know what I'm doing, guys. (laughs) Okay.
0: Perhaps not so long ago, these would have been counted among your friends and classmates among your own body, but as they are from a different village, and they see you as this figure out of myth. You are destined to be one of the Thunder Wardens. You bear one of the, the augers, the cloak. And they can't help but see you as a much older person than you are.
2: Yeah, I and I think the... um. I think at first that bothered Tirza and I think she's used to it now, um, but it still catches her off guard. She'll turn to one of the girls around her age. Um, one of them actually really reminds her of Cherish and so she's really excited and she'll turn to say something funny and then have to like catch herself and remember like, oh, this this isn't my friend's Um, yeah how many of these kids have found their their items how many have I got
1: at
0: least four or five of the 20 or so kids have found items throughout the day and as is the practice during the maker festival when someone is called to their item when a forge bond is happening whoever's made this item, we'll give it up free of charge, because the Forge Bond is a sacred thing. It's as close to a universal religion as comes in the Tempest Rest Valley, because it is through the Forge Bond that the individuals have been able to make a life for themselves here in the valley. Despite the safety provided by the Old Mage, there are still the general dangers of a high magic fantasy world. So the fact that Most citizens of the valley have a forge-bonded item. It really improves the quality of life and life expectancy as a whole. So, it is nearing early evening, late afternoon, when Tark slips your hand and begins sprinting away. As the other kids are being wrangled up slowly by Netta, and she's getting ready to shepherd them towards whatever lodgings she's prepared for the evening. And she gives you a look as Tark just, like, flees down this alley.
2: I will go take care of that. And then I run off after (laughs) him.
0: And Netta gives a solemn nod as you charge off. Give me an athletics check.
2: I'm pretty okay at that. Not too shabby. Twenty, uh... Twenty-two.
0: Alright. You catch him in short order. His little child dwarf legs don't carry him very far very fast. And you're... You snatch his hand and you're about to drag him back and he says, You don't understand, Miss Tirza! It's, It's over there! I feel it! It's over there!
2: Um... Uh, then let's go get it. Um, I, I think Tears is, um, like, actually genuinely really excited for this kid to get his Forgebound item. So, yeah, let's go do it.
0: All right. Um, racing through this alley, you come out onto the other side and you find yourself on a long street that you hadn't been down before. And... Tark sort of leading your hand, pulling you along. You don't have any problems keeping up with him, but he's just trying to go as fast as he can and trying to drag you along. But you're easily able to keep up with him. But eventually he brings you over like he's stops every few feet and lifts his head and like sniffs the air. And he says, I can smell it, Miss Tears. I can smell it. And following him down this road, you eventually come to this stall with all of these pots and pans and cookware. (laughs) And he's staring up at this big cast iron skillet hanging from a hook at the top of this stall. And he says, it's that one. It's that one. He's calling to me. I can hear him. I can smell him. I can feel him.
2: Uh... So cute. Um, I think she gestures to like the shopkeep and has has him pull it down. I don't. I she I know she's taller than Tark, but she's also very short. And the shopkeeper
0: is this sort of rotund woman of impressive size in every dimension. She says, "Oh, is it a forge bot then?"
2: Yes, ma'am.
0: And she grabs the big skillet and pulls it down. And it's this big black iron thing that when she brings it down, you can see that the whole width of the pan is almost as big as Tark himself. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he is going to have to, like, wield this thing with two hands. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she gingerly lowers it down and says and is this for you lad and he says yes
5: yes that's it that's it
0: and she hands it to him he takes it in his little stubby hands and we you can see these tendrils of blue gray energy swarming between the two of them. It's almost like electricity. Just before the pot and or pan, I should say, touches his hands, you can see little crackles of energy just, like, arcing between the two, the object and the boy. And when he touches, he lets out a little shiver of, like, hey, it tickles. <laughs>
2: um, awesome. Uh, I... There's probably ritual or rite that the darshir perform when a child has gets a forge bound item. Um, one that's not an auger, it's like a little less celebratory than than most because there is like this kind of mourning of like, oh, this is an auger child but it's still but you've found your path and
0: what it um, is is a hand on a shoulder and eye contact and the words May your bond weather the storm.
2: Nice. And I don't think Tirza has has done it before. But I think she does it for Tark.
0: And Tark, like, is clutching this pan to his chest and his little feet are sticking out from underneath one edge of it and his little chin is up on one edge of it, and he's got his arms around it and this big little hug. <laughs> And he says,
2: We will. Great! I'm I'm so proud of you.
0: And he takes the handle of the skillet, puts it up on his shoulder, and he's got this huge, like, pan kind of riding his back like a turtle shell. Oh my god and he's marching proudly along next to you as you make your way back to the group and as you approach Neta sees the two of you looks at Tark and this big pan that the kid is carrying looks at you with a bit of a quizzical eyebrow like did he steal that
2: (laughs) um and I think Tirza grins really big and he says, uh, Tark is uh everybody, Tark is forged bound.
0: And there's like despite the tiredness and the sort of lagging spirits of these kids, some of which were searching the entire day for the forge bound of them, they all perk up at those words and they all rush towards Tark and begin putting hands on his shoulders and saying the words, some of them a little sloppily, but it's just all these kids rushing over to him saying May your bond weather the storm May your bond weather the storm. Hope your bum weathers the storm kids <laughs> are um, great.
2: <laughs> Have a great summer. The, to and um I think Yeah, I say to her, um, "I, I did it. I, I performed his right. I got to, I got to be the one to make it, to witness his board bond."
0: And she nods and gives you just the briefest of smiles, which is the rarest gift that Netta can give to somebody. And she will walk past you over to Tark and the children will sort of just part like the sea in front of her as she strides forward and this six foot five fully plate mailed woman will kneel down in front of Tark and put this huge mailed gauntleted hand on his shoulder and say may your bond weather the storm what is his name and Tark will look like, sort of shuffling his feet, and say, His name's Bob.
4: <laughs> and I hope hoping it was going to be Keith there.
5: Netta <laughs> nods
0: and says, Bob. It's a good name. And she'll give him a, a brief smile as well before standing up. And she looks over at some of the other teachers the other chaperones essentially because it wasn't just the two of you shepherding 20 kids that would have been absurd and nightmare
2: worst field trip
0: yes (laughs) and she motions at them forward and says "Uh, what bring the kids to the hostel tirza and i have some business this evening elsewhere in the city And eventually the kids are shuffled off, Tark and Bob moving through this crowd, the big pot bouncing on his shoulder, and Netta will look to you and say, you did very well today. Thank you. I saw the longing in your eye as you... (laughs) kept grabbing that little shit of a dwarf
2: <laughs> Don't be mean
0: but you stood by your duty
2: uh, of course I am the daughter of the Jarashir I I like being away from home I want to be a shepherd of the people. And I like my friends, but my duty will always be to the Jarashir.
0: You are to be tested soon, but this was your first test. And you have passed. Come. and she leads you away into the city, and eventually you find yourself at the Wandering Rose. Inside is Kalkon and Omatep, as well as your friends Grawl, Cherish, and Sid. Neta snarls slightly as Omatep greets her warmly. <laughs> Kalkon comes over, and the two women grip arms fiercely. The half-orc blacksmith then brings Netta in into something you've never seen, which is a hug with Netta.
2: Fear.
0: And Netta clearly doesn't quite know what to do with her arms, but eventually just like does the awkward back pat a couple <laughs> of times. And the adults split off and leave the four of you to discuss what may come tomorrow
3: Cherish is
2: very excited to see Tirza Uh, Tirza is also very excited to see Cherish I think she walked through the door and saw all of y'all and did the like look up look (laughs) look away to Nessa like a really you got me a puppy and then like booked it over (laughs)
5: So
0: the the four of you find yourselves whiling away the evening, discussing the possibilities of tomorrow until finally you are off to bed. The room's, of course, provided by Omatep. He's on vacation, after all. He's willing to splurge a little bit. (laughs) But before you find your rest, he takes you all aside and says, Look, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but, uh, Look, don't tell anyone I'm doing this, and he'll pass out four healing potions.
1: And he house. says very quietly, "On the house." I tap my nose. I understand.
4: I I tap um um <laughs> Sid's nose.
1: <laughs> right
5: I think that. that's Can how
4: I you do it. Me? I don't yeah, understand. What <laughs> <in.
1: laughs> was the last time you bathed? And that means something coming from me. <laughs>
0: And as the first day of the Maker Festival comes to an end, you all finding whatever rest you may within the Wandering Rose, I think we're going to take our break, because soon the first trial will begin. Bom-bom! Greetings, my friends! Omatep Duskwalker here, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM, here today to present another fine item from my inventory. Today, I have something very special. It is called the alchemy jug. This is a wondrous item, though a little on the common side. I would perhaps call it uncommon. It is a ceramic jug that appears to be able to hold a gallon of liquid and weighs up to 12 pounds, whether it is full or empty. How convenient. You can hear sloshing if you shake it around. And on your turn, you can use an action to uncork the jug and pour out a kind of liquid of your choosing. Isn't that wonderful? Now, This liquid that you choose, it is one of ten varieties, which I will list now. Fresh and salt water, of course, wine and beer, delightful, honey, very nice, oil, vinegar, you know, for cooking purposes, basic poisons, I suppose, also for cooking purposes, little bit of acid goes a long way, and of course, oh, oh, mayonnaise, is that even, you know what? Who am I to judge a non-Newtonian fluid? The amount of liquid that this jug can produce depends on the type of thing you are pouring, and that changes greatly depending on what it is, though two gallons of mayonnaise seems a little excessive, if you ask me. But again, not going to judge. All I am going to do is offer you this fine alchemy jug for only 200 gold, right now. Any takers? Anyone at all? Okay. Well, might as well get you back to the action, then. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our adventurers, they were whiling away their first evening of the Maker Festival this year. There was good times to be had along the streets, as well as some bad dreams perhaps foreboding the future. So... We find you now sleeping. That's nice. What do each of you dream of?
2: Select your Oh, Oh, wait. (laughs) Android. Um,
3: Cherish definitely has, like, like a weird combo of, like, dreaming about, like, being home. Uh, and also, like in this weird, this weird uh, tundra, with this terrible storm and a you know castle in the distance. It's all very ethereal and upsetting.
1: Um, so Sid definitely dreams that he is um, uh, in his favorite um, series of books, um, Horatio Emberlite. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's like a com- a weird combination of various chap. you know, various, because um, it, it's like a collection, if I'm not mistaken. It is an omnibus um, of tales. Yes. Omnibus of tales. Um, With the last story torn out. The last story torn out. Yeah. Um, so I've never been able to read that one. Um, so, yeah. So I, I imagine that like, like I, I am uh, Horatio Emberlight, and then like periodically, I'll see you guys, and like you'll be replaced with some of the other characters, and then you'll it'll also be them at the same time. It, um, but what is most important is that I am Horatio Emberlight.
4: <laughs> um, Grawl is having a. Uh a dream of the the march back into um Stormhaven um except the entire walk is nice and quiet and peaceful <laughs> the entire time um there are birds singing he actually like picks up a conversation uh like once with like a fellow hobgoblin for like a minute and then they walk away and then it returns to the peaceful quiet and it was kind of like hey you got a nice sword. You also have a nice sword, and that was it—the
0: <laughs> traditional hobgoblin greeting.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, nice sword. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and that that was it. It was just a, a nice, less of a march and more of a leisurely stroll. <laughs> and I wasn't behind the caravan; I was in front. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The chair ship was in the back.
2: <laughs> here's a here's a dreams about being in the mountains um and when her paladin powers manifested it was in the middle of a blizzard on this glacier that she and Pino um and his grandson, whose name I've already forgot, because I clearly care about him a lot. Valen <laughs> is
0: his name. It's Valen. <laughs> Some people write down uh, characters. The name <laughs> that
2: I made for him.
0: Um, <laughs> yep, that's right.
2: And it's beginning to snow very, very heavily, um, as it often did in the mountains. Um, and the wind starts picking up, but in Instead of um, a normal storm, it's kind of crackling with this green and blue and purple, uh, almost magical-seeming energy. And Tirza, in her dream, takes takes out the old man, takes out Sadagar, and whips him over her shoulders as, as the wind begins to pick up. And is trudging up this mountain, and she turns and looks behind her and sees that her companions are gone, and it's just her and the old man. And as the wind uh, picks up more and more, her cloak starts to to pull away from her, as you know, like uh, as your coat will do in a really strong wind, and um, it's ripped from her shoulders and she grabs onto the old man for just a second, and then he's pulled away into the storm as well.
0: The old man, for the listeners, is of course the name of the cloak, is what you affectionately call. It has got confusing in this scene simply because there is an old man who is a reindeer rancher, and there's an old man who is what you call your cloak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright. So, Tirza. You are the first to wake up, as you are wont to do. And when you open your eyes and stretch, you reach instinctively for the cloak, finding it close by. In fact, you're wearing it. You did not go to bed wearing it, though.
5: Hmm.
0: Your back aches from a lack of comfort. It's as though you weren't sleeping on a bed at all. And as you sit up and look around you see those same craggy peaks from your dream seems to have followed you into the waking world.
2: Good. (laughs) Um, Is there anybody around? Or am I by myself?
0: Looking around, you don't see anyone immediately, but soon, stumping up out of the blowing wind and snow, you see the form ...of Haino, the old reindeer rancher, coming up towards you. Um, And he says, Tirza?
2: Haino, uh, what's going on? Where are we?
0: I could ask you the same question, girl. I thought you had headed back to the city.
2: I... I did. I'm... I'm in the city.
0: You're not in the city, girl, you. You're in the mountains.
2: Um... Can I... Oh god, um... Well, what are you doing up here?
0: Looking for a lost fawn. We lost one of the herd. Went bounding up into the hills. Didn't expect to find one as lost as you.
2: <laughs> well, I I might as well help you if I'm here.
0: Uh, I'd appreciate it, though. Yeah. Begs the question how you found your way here, if even you don't know. There's a mystery to be solved, I should think.
2: Uh, in, in a moment of honesty, I think she's like, I, yes, that is a concern, but it seems one that I won't find the answer to as easily as maybe a lost fawn. So let's work on that one first.
0: Fair enough. Well, follow me then. Your boots are sturdy enough, but I know these peaks like none other.
2: Um, can I can I do anything to help him find?
0: Give me a survival check.
2: <laughs> Eight. All Won't right. survive.
0: <laughs> no, your ability to track one lone young reindeer through. Hard-packed snow and ice is negligible at best. He seems much more accomplished at this task. As he treks through, though, you move up and up, always moving away from the glacier, up towards the mountains themselves. Eventually, your feet find stone, um, and Haino is grumbling to himself, Young ones always going too far, always losing their way. When will they learn?
2: Um, where's Valen?
0: And he turns and says, Valen? Oh, he had to stay behind.
2: Uh, that's odd. He always accompanies you. Um
0: Aye, but came down with a bit of sickness. Thought it best if he stayed and rested best not to push these things, you know.
2: That, that seems reasonable. Um, well, where to from, from here? Uh, can you... I mean, how, how do we find a, a deer on rock?
0: <laughs> the only way now I know how. Up. They always head towards high ground.
2: Is that true? Give me
0: an insight check.
2: I feel like that's not a good mountain strategy. <laughs> I got a 17.
0: You've trusted Hano through all sorts of misadventures when it comes to the caring and catering of reindeer. He's never led you astray before if he believes that a a young reindeer would head to the highest place possible, then you'd believe him
2: okay cool uh, is there is there like a peak in sight?
0: There's a large rocky crag just ahead of you. it seems to rise up above the the glacier itself and up above the valley and start edging up towards the storm wall itself. You can see the dark clouds of the outer storm slightly cresting the mountain's edge as it rests above you. It's strange, multicolored lightning streaking dark clouds.
2: Um, okay. Uh, I think I, I head up towards that crag
5: Okay,
2: I'm leading. I'm leading the way now. Okay, as I am wont to do.
0: Excellent. Grawl. Yes. You wake up from this peaceful dream in a warm, dark hall. Smoke, smoky air fills your lungs, and. For the first time in what feels like years, you wake up with a sense of belonging that you haven't felt since you were a child. There is a musty smell to this place that is familiar. It is the smell of shaved and worked metal. It's the smell of hard work and perseverance. It is the smell of the bulwark of bone
4: um yay i'm home where they love me so much um and you glance around and
0: looking down you feel the serpentine mailed gauntlet on your arm as it crinkles and stretches
4: um matt well i've got everything i want i i should leave um wow uh okay do, do i have a, i'm still wearing everything normally though right yes i have my sword yes okay perfect okay okay security um well uh she R- girl's gonna get up and make his way out of the room
0: okay Moving out of the room, you see the two guards posted outside snap you a crisp salute. As they say, "War Chief."
4: Oh, I'm so excited. I put the hand out like, you know, like like a like a like an ease of like 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 they they be at ease now and they dip um, in
0: supplication.
4: It's that whole scene from uh uh what is it uh Arthur legend of the sword where he puts his hand out like this and they all <laughs> do the like you know oh that's so cool okay i'm going to keep walking man
0: okay the stone beneath your feet is a familiar tread as you walk through the citadel and as you find the end of this hallway it opens up into a Vast balcony overlooking your holdings, you stare out over the bulwark, down into the dustlands, and as far as your eyes can see, you see the fires of camps, as enslaved giants are girded for war, and hobgoblin legions muster upon the wastelands just below the mountains.
4: Sick, dude. Um... Okay, uh, I'm going to do the whole, like, like put one hand up in the air kind of thing. Um, and a
0: trumpet blasts from somewhere beneath you, and the hordes begin to
4: roar. Yeah! Roar! Grawl! growl, growl. growl. <laughs> I said you could stop. Um, uh, so, and then uh, I'm going to do the whole wave across the crowd kind of thing. <laughs> And hands Uh, go
0: up, gauntlets holding weapons. Giants in chains are forced to their knees. Oh, that's so metal. Um, And behind you, a voice says,
1: Is it everything you desire?
4: Uh, I don't recognize this voice. I'm going to slowly turn around. And for the briefest of moments, you see a
0: vaguely humanoid form with glowing green eyes. And before it vanishes, it says,
5: This is
0: the lie. I'm
4: going gonna, I'm gonna to turn back and look back out at uh, all my peoples.
0: Empty, nice. snow-swept fields stretch out before you. And as you watch, a young woman crests this craggy hill. Behind her, an old man stumps
4: up. Uh, I, I, can, I Can I see that it's Tirza? How far away is this?
0: This is maybe only 10, 15 feet away. Tirza, as oh. you're cresting this crag, you see Grawl standing at the top of this cliff face, holding a hand out as though gesturing towards something. Dressed in the same ragged cloak as you'd seen him a thousand times before. Great sword at his back. And just behind him a moth flitters in the wind.
2: Brawl? What are you doing here?
4: It's King Grawl, um, for one.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't think it is. <laughs> yeah,
4: but I want it to be okay. Um, no. Uh, oh, I ha- Grawl asked here, so what we're doing here? I thought we went to sleep.
2: I I did too, but I woke up here and uh, this and she gestures to. Kino and says, This is uh Kino. He is a friend of mine? We're we're in Docabarie territory down in the south. We're help we're wanna help us.
4: We're looking for a reindeer?
2: <laughs> this quest. Yes, we're looking for a reindeer.
4: Yeah, we're supposed to be doing a test in Stormhaven. I'm looking for a reindeer.
2: I assume this is part of my test.
4: I was just standing on a castle in a citadel and there were hordes of hobgoblins and giants and that's not real and I don't think he's real.
0: And... Hano looks around and says, I'm as real as the stone beneath our feet. Tirza, who well, is
2: this beast? Well, I'm so I grab that out. I that.
0: Hano turns to you and says, Tirza, who, who is this beast? I, I don't... Who is this? You seem to know.
2: Well, first of all, he is no beast. This is Brawl. Uh, he is... Uh, king (laughs) (laughs) he's apparently a king but uh more real than that he's a friend of mine
0: this old man is dressed in like well-worn leathers and very gear that is used to hard work and labor and he looks you up and down and says he is no king indeed
4: i grab out my sword
2: no, no, growl, growl. No, 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 no. I'm just resting it in.
4: I'm just resting it on the stone. It's fine, it's fine. Everything's fine for now.
2: I think she turns to him and very quietly says, "He's a little touchy."
4: I don't like people touching me. <laughs>
0: and Haino raises his hands and says, "Fair enough. No touching." Nice. Look, we need to keep moving. The yeah, longer we there's... stay here, the farther away that young one will get. Cherish. Yes. A frozen wasteland lies before you. There is a bitter cold that seeps in through your clothing as you wake up and looking around you pull yourself out of a snowbank, shivering as the water is leaking into shoes and clothing that were never meant for extreme environments such as this.
3: Um, I'd like to make, well, I'm going to try to figure out where I am. Okay. Would that be perception or investigation?
0: That would be survival.
3: Oh. (laughs) None of the above.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh. That's a six. Staring around, all you see is this vast plain of white around you, though in the distance there is some dark smudge on the horizon. And as your eyes try to focus on it, it seems as though it gets almost closer, as though there is some kind of optical illusion that made it seem farther away than it was. And as you focus, you can see... At first you think it's a mountain, but then the details begin filling themselves in, and you see this massive castle stronghold keep carved out of the stone and blasted permafrost of this place.
3: Um, I'm, I'm guessing that I recognize this from my vision whatever earlier. Yeah, okay. I wasn't sure if this was like a... I don't know. Um, well, so that's something. So, um... Better than standing around doing nothing, I am going to kind of, like, steal myself and, like, like wrap myself as closely as possible and, like, start trudging toward it, towards it.
0: Okay. It seems like an eternity, and at the same time, it seems like no time at all before your feet are finding hard-packed snow and permafrost and stone tromping up through the foothills of this lone mountain. From a distance, it looked as though it was just a solid, flat plain, but as you walk towards it, you find that this is hilly and treacherous territory. There are large beds of black ice buried just beneath blowing, rustling powder. There are steep crevasses that seem to be rents in the earth as though giant claws have torn big gashes through this land. Avoiding all of this, you're winding to and fro, but the mountain seems to grow closer despite the detours you're making. And a single word comes to your mind as you travel through these icy wastes, and it's a word that's been haunting you for the last year. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that word is?
3: Is it Kenya?
0: It is. You know that you are in hell. Or at least one layer of
1: it.
3: Dope. Mm. I mean, not dope at all, but... <laughs> like, even remotely.
1: <laughs> <laughs> kind of the opposite.
4: Sid, yeah.
0: When you wake up, you do so in a place that, while familiar to you, is never a welcome sight,
1: and that is behind the bars of a jail cell. God damn it! What did I do? I look around.
5: There's
0: a um, straw bed that you're picking yourself up of. There's a small pot over in the corner.
1: Mm, fun honey pot. Um, do I have my stuff on me? What do I have on me?
0: Your normal clothes. For once, it seems as though they didn't strip you of your belongings. What about Stormpiercer? Stormpiercer is nowhere to be found. Well, shit.
1: Okay. Um, well, this is not unusual, so I'm going to, uh, see, I'm going to investigate the lock, uh, and see if I can maybe, um, pick it. Give me a
0: Thieves' Tools check. Because as you search the pockets of your vest, you find that small roll of picks. They didn't seem to have taken them off your person.
1: Oh, amateurs. Um, Okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) 20. With a click and a pop, the
0: door swings open and you chuckle to yourself. They never learn.
1: Never do. Okay, I take a look around. um, Look kind of in whatever direction is there like a hallway outside the jail cell
0: there is a hallway though it terminates to your left your cell seems to be the last one in this block looking to your right you see that more and more cells stretch away from you but you can see that there is another hallway that leads away from this place
1: okay i'm gonna i'm gonna sneak my way uh towards that direction okay Uh,
0: 17? Sneaking, clinging to the wall, moving as quietly as possible, you move down this hallway, eventually coming to that T-intersection that looks towards some kind of, what looks like ready room, some kind of guard room is clearly just to your left. Looking around, though, to the cell just across the hall, you see a familiar form strung up in chains upon the wall.
1: Um, can I investigate
0: to see, uh, who it is? You immediately recognize your mother's
1: face. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna pick that lock. Um, yeah. I'm gonna do another thieve or another uh, Thieves' souls Is that right? Yes. Okay. So I botched.
0: So you're clicking and clacking at these this lock it seemed to no avail and blearily your mother's head lifts up slightly her arms are distended above her head chained to the wall her legs manacled to the floor she looks up and blearily
1: she says Who, who's there it's me mom it's, it's me it's Sid I'm gonna get you out okay
0: Sid, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry. No, 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 I didn't no, no, no. That's what... I didn't want to leave you they they took me I was sick and I couldn't stop them.
1: Mom you didn't do anything wrong. Okay, I couldn't protect you. Okay? I'm going to get you out and I'm going to try and uh, pick the lock again. Um I got uh 19 this time. The lock swings open but you do hear a
0: noise from behind you this as a chair is pushed out from a table.
1: Um, okay, um, fuck. okay, um, I'm going to so there there's a um, there's a, a the guards quarters is behind me. is that correct? And yes. there's a, a wall. So I'm gonna um, press myself against the wall and wait for somebody to come over.
0: You hear the tramp of boots and the jangle of keys as a large rotund guard comes forward and leans in to inspect this unlocked door just in front of him, and he says, What's all this then? And he's just in front of you, unaware of your presence. Okay. Does he have a weapon on him? He has a large stick dangling from a loop on his belt. Looks to be some kind of club or truncheon.
1: How easy would it be for me to um, take that from him? It's attached to his belt. With a sleight of hand check, depending on what you rolled,
0: it could be very easy.
1: I guess we'll find out. Uh,
0: That's going to be a 17. So there's a metal loop on his belt where this stick is just sort of like hanging from casually. And with nimble fingers, you slip it out without a sound and test its weight in your hand.
1: Okay. Uh, I'm going to hit him in the face. Okay. Give me an attack roll with advantage. Great. Um, I got uh twenty one. Twenty one will hit. Great. Give me a sneak attack damage. Oh, oh, I will. Um, we got a d eight and a d six. Uh, seven damage.
0: So he goes down without a word. Just a. <laughs>
1: okay, great. Um, I peer around into the guards' corners, quarters, quarters. Is there anybody else in, in there? You don't see anybody, though there is a dim, flickering light coming from that room. Okay, uh, I'm going to take him, and I'm going to drag him to my cell, and, uh, I'm going to close the door behind him. Oh, is there keys? Does he have keys on him? He does. I'm going to take those as well and lock him in the, in the cell.
2: Okay.
0: Great. Throw him um, in, take his keys. Coming back, you hear your mother's weak voice echoing down the hall as you make your way back, saying, Sit. Uh,
1: Yeah, I I rush back.
0: You find her staring weakly at a spot on the floor, and as you come into her cell, you can see that there are bruises and cuts over her face. She is skinny and weak as though she's been held here for maybe years. Her eyes are cataract and seem to be blind.
1: Okay, Um, I'm going to unlock her manacles, um, and I'm going to try and carry her into the um, guards' quarters. It is
0: frighteningly easy to carry what little weight remains of your mother.
1: Okay, Um, she clutches to to you
0: weakly, holding Um, onto your
1: collar. I just tell her, "I'm going to get. I'm going to get you out of here." Okay, mom. Um, and then I'm going to peer into the into the quarters. Do I see anybody in there? There's no one there.
0: You see a small rack of weapons just inside, and Storm
1: lays at the very top of them. Great. I'm going to I'm going to grab that. I'm going to head over there. Okay. And she says weakly,
0: "Where are we? I don't I don't know. It's my eyes. They don't they don't work anymore, Sid."
1: Um, I think we're in a jail cell um i'm not sure why or where so um we're just gonna keep going and we're gonna get out of here here okay, okay. Um, is there a um is there a is there another entry another um,
0: doorway there's a large black iron door leading out of the guardroom
1: great um i'm going to um i'm gonna lean her against the wall and i'm I just I uh, lean in close and I say I'm gonna be right back. I just need to make sure there's nobody else here, and then I'm gonna go um to the door and I'm gonna try and open it and see if there's uh, kind of like peek out um, from like a crack.
0: Okay. Cherish.
5: Hmm?
0: At the base of this mountain is carved statues of a figure you don't recognize. The stone has been covered in this dark ochre. You think it's paint at first, but upon closer inspection, you're fairly sure this is just layer upon layer of dried blood that's been smeared across these enormous statues framing the front gates of this fortress. The figure wears a almost benevolent smile, as it stares down at the front gates at a mirror image of itself across the way. It has these huge, curved horns that sweep back over his head. Golden bangles rest at his arms and wrists, rings of every description alight on his fingers, Very ostentatious robes swirl about his legs, a tail swishes out and curls around one angle, and voluminous wings sweep back in these carvings, casting their width across the mountainside. And as you walk beneath the gaze of these two statues, you see that carved into the center of this mountain side is a corridor leading deeper inside, what do you do?
3: I would like to I'm not really sure how well this is gonna work, but I would like to go down it as stealthily as possible. So I to roll a stealth check. Indeed. Yeah it's a five
0: Sid. On the other side of the door, you hear someone noisily approaching. Okay, I draw Stormpiercer, and I wait. Okay. Cherish, eventually you come to a dark (laughs) iron door recessed in the mountainside at the end of this long corridor.
3: Um, a knock on it.
0: There's a knock on the door, Sid.
1: I kind of, like, I don't do anything. <laughs> there is no response
0: to your knock at the door, Cherish.
3: Is anyone there,
1: Sid? You hear Cherish's voice outside. Uh, okay, uh, I open. I open the door.
3: Oh my gosh! Right, I, I
1: actually I crack it up. I still don't know. I don't. I don't know if I can. I hear her voice, but I don't know if it is her. I crack it open. Do I see her? You do very okay. distinctive purple skinned teeth like
2: purple <laughs> very
1: specific okay so i i i swing the door open i say cherish ah uh, where, oh where are god. we where where, oh. where 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 are we um sorry do you have any healing magic
3: um do you have, like any no, kind but of healing? i have the i have a healing potion like the one that oma gave right us.
1: right oh my god i can't believe i forgot um i have a healing potion i'm going to run over to my to my mom and I'm gonna um, feed her the healing potion. Okay. She... I run
3: inside. I'm like, are you hurt? Are you okay?
0: And that's when you see Angela's desiccated form slumped <gasps> against a wall. You immediately recognize this woman because Calcon and Angela were always very close. Last She's... you heard, though, she had
1: died of some sickness.
3: I thought... I said I thought she was... I thought she was dead.
1: She's not dead. She's... T- she she's still alive okay i don't i don't know how it, that's possible but she's alive but and cherish
0: she, you know where you are
3: said i i don't know how to tell you this but we're in we're in cania that's it's one of the nine levels of hell
1: what does that mean i don't i don't understand what that means where are we and
0: behind you, your mother just mumbles, "I, I was sick, and they took me. I didn't want to go, but they, they took me away." Mom, do you know where we are? And she glances up at you with those blind eyes, and she says, "I, I, I think, I think I'm where I deserve to be."
1: You, you do not deserve to be hung up in a cell. Uh, tortured and beaten. Okay, you are. Sid, Sid, you don't,
0: you don't know what we did, what I did, what we all did.
1: Mom, well, everybody makes mistakes. Okay, I've made a bunch of mistakes. Okay, in the last five years, that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. You're not a bad person. And she, like,
0: drinks the last of the healing potion, and says. I, I I don't know if that's true anymore.
1: Well, it doesn't matter, because I'm going to get you out of here. And I pick her up, and I move past Cherish, and I go down the hallway. Okay.
0: Cherish, what do you do?
3: Cherish, throughout this whole thing, has been kind of like... like, ringing and fiddling with her tail which is what she does when she's nervous. Um, And when Sid walks past her, she, like, tries to say something, but he just, he's just, like, man on a mission, so... She, like, takes a beat, and then, like, runs after him.
0: Okay. And you both wander out into the tundra yet again. Tirza, Grawl, you're searching for a lost reindeer.
4: I'm real <laughs> grumpy about it.
0: Tears are you still least... leading the way?
2: Yeah.
4: Are we at least going to eat the reindeer? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If I
4: don't get, like, a little bit of that reindeer, I'm going to be really mad. Like a snack of reindeer. Just, like, some, some jerky, at least, like, down the road and at some shaking
0: point. Shaking his head, Haino will take something out from his belt, and toss you a packet of reindeer jerky.
4: Oh my god. You're amazing. I believe you're real now. <laughs> I proceed to eat the jerky.
2: <laughs> um, I don't even know how to, how to respond to that. I think she... I think she thinks it's funny. I don't know. She's, she doesn't know how jokes work. Um... <laughs> Uh yeah, I I really want to find this reindeer for for you know I can I roll with survival again? Sure. Okay. Oh oh my god! I got a two. <laughs> I'm really mad at this.
4: Could be worse.
0: Could. Um. As you're marching through these increasingly steep crags and mountainsides, you are beginning to pass thick trees, and the weather around you is growing increasingly worse. Above you, you can't even see the sky anymore. All you see are those bulbous black clouds of the edge of the outer storm looming above you. Looking out across the valley, you can see almost everything from here. Just in front of you, you see the, the sweeping depths of the plain rushing northward to the eastward. Near the center of the valley, you can see that dark little smudge that is Stormhaven, and if you really squint hard, that you think you can even see the shimmering blue of Lake Quelio off in the distance you're so high up you can almost cup the whole of the valley between your hands as you look out over it and grawl that phrase has a entirely different meaning to you because from up here you can even see the dry waves of heat rising up from the dry lands far 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 to the west as you move through these wooded hills up and over these crags hano keeps repeating the same things just a little bit farther just a little bit farther he can't be far now couldn't have gotten far the young always stray but he's always able to bring them back into the fold and as you're moving the old man like begins to run out of breath and <sighs> takes a moment, sits down on one of the stones and says, Shouldn't be far now. There's a small copse of trees just up over the next ridge. I'm not going to be able to chase this thing down if we catch up. I, you sh- you two should go on ahead.
2: Uh, we can't track him without, or we can't track the fawn without you. I, I'm absolutely useless at this.
4: Mike, Mm-hmm. I'm going to cast I'm 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 going to use Eldritch Sight. Okay. You want to cast
0: Detect Magic? Uh yes, please.
4: All right. So,
0: you're instantly blinded by everything. Everything is magic. No. You see a faint shimmering aura surrounding Hano. And given a few moments of study, you instinctively know that this is illusion magic.
4: He's not real. I'm slowly, like, doing the thing where someone figures out the, like, the whole plot as I sidestep over to Tirza, keeping my eye on, on Hano. He's not real.
2: Yes, I know you said that before.
4: Yeah, now I know for sure he's not real. He's an illusion. I'm using magic right now. And I'm giving my best, like... Like Grawl never smiles. He's smiling now because he knows he's about to whoop some ass. Um, I used detect magic on this fool, and he lit up like a some sort of German holiday tree. That girl has no uh, no idea what it is. But, he lit up yeah. like the
0: outer storm,
4: like the outer storm. And as you yeah. say that,
0: multicolored rainbow lightning cracks through the sky. And for some reason,
1: we lost Reed.
3: And brawl just disappears. Wow. <laughs> oh.
1: That's some good illusion magic right there. Yeah,
3: he's like, oh, see? he f- What maze?
1: <laughs> he figured it out.
3: <laughs> he figured it out.
1: <laughs> I instantly died.
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I assume Whoopsie. you have a new character
4: you rolled up then. I've got a new character at everything. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So... Oh. Wow, that made me real sweaty. <laughs>
0: mm. As I say what? Sorry, Mike. As you lean in to say all this to tears, uh, Haino is staring at you and saying, is, is there some
4: kind of problem? No problem. Just touching my breath. <laughs> and my back itches. Um... Grab my sword! You <laughs> Pull out your sword? Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think up pulls out, pulls her shield off of her back too.
0: And, like Hano stands up, hands raised, and say, "What's going on? What? Wh- wh- why are you doing this?"
2: Tears Haino, up, girl. Are you an illusion?
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm no more an illusion as you are. Girl, what? What's gotten into you?
2: Girl, are you sure about this?
1: Yep, eldritch, eldritch blast.
0: You eldritch blast him.
4: Yeah. Oh no! Oh, and I'm using grasp of uh, grasp of Hadar. So he, if if this if this oh, happens, he's going to be in and range.
2: He's just an old man. I don't what? have he's... time for his shenanigans. Woo.
4: I don't have time for his shit. So, um.
2: How far away am I from from uh, you know?
0: Uh, maybe only, like, 15, 20 feet away.
5: Okay.
4: Well, uh, that's an 18 plus whatever my other stuff is. Okay. So, 18 plus your spell attack bonus? Yes, so that's a... Uh, yeah. Uh, 23. 23 will hit this old man. Yay. Yay!
2: If you kill my friend and he is my friend, I'm going to <laughs>
4: <laughs> and you're not going to report a thing because we're out here in the middle of nowhere and he died from a fall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Catch Roll me some we Eldritch Blast call. damage. Okay, Eldritch Blast. <laughs> okay. Okay, well luckily it's a one. Okay. <laughs> so he deals a
0: damage and these ephemeral brown-green moths... Because the energy Blast hits him, and the energy seems to crackle through him, and these weird, moth-like negative space lights appear behind him and shove him forward, ten feet closer to Grawl. And he lets out a shout and a cry of pain, and says, ah, Tiersa, stop him! Please!
2: Grawl, they're... They're... You might be mistaken.
4: I... I... I think differently.
0: It's it's me. I am me. You, you defended Valen and I during the storm against that ice drake. You, you we taught you how to ride reindeer. You, you came with yes. Netta to our village. Yes,
2: and, you did.
4: And we were sleeping in a bed earlier. How did we get here? Magic.
2: Yes, just, <laughs> just Yes. Just because that's true doesn't mean that he's the cause of this. I, um, I get between them. Alright. With my back to you know. Okay. Girl, you're yeah. my friend, but so is he.
4: I was here first. <laughs> I was your friend first, so I think I have priority. Oh, that's how that was Just saying.
2: Um, and then <laughs> she turns and she asks, "You know, um, why is it so important that we go so high? What you're gonna have to help me out here, man. Raul wants to kill you.
0: <laughs> and monsters are wont to do that, Tirza. I don't know why you're associating with this beast." He's trying to murder me now. Hold
4: up. He. This what?
2: He is not a beast. Oh my god. Old man, is gonna get himself killed.
4: Old man's racist.
2: <laughs> Apparently. I didn't know this about him.
4: <laughs> ah, don't feel so bad about me whooping his ass now, do you?
2: <laughs> do, and he huh.
0: stares at you, Tirza, and he says... Their kind only hasten the coming of the storm. Were you not taught this by your own, Bari? Their warmongering will bring down the storm wall.
2: Yes. And the righteous shall weather it. <laughs>
4: and then I reach out for a fist bump.
2: This <laughs> <laughs> is not your turn, your fist bump. <laughs> The, the, it is a
4: it is a common hobgoblin greeting. <laughs> oh sure, it is now. It is now.
5: <laughs> yeah.
4: Still holding it out. Tears of
0: please are are we not both Jarashir? Oh my God! Yes, but
2: this is not right. I. I won't let him kill you, but your prejudice has no place in my belief.
0: I am not prejudiced. I only speak what I know to be true.
2: So mad. Um. Okay, where is, where is.
0: Sid. Yeah. While your mother is light and frail, her weight does become a burden as you trek through the snows of Kania. It is a treacherous landscape, and even between the two of you, you're not the strongest pair in the prime material. So carrying this near-limp, near-dead woman through this treacherous landscape, becomes harder and harder. I need both of you to make athletics checks with disadvantage.
5: Oh,
0: fuck.
4: Alright. Ha
3: <laughs> ha! Three. Fourteen. Alright.
4: Oh, that's... What... <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be more ridiculous.
0: Well, we You have both again. take four points one. of cold oh. damage as you're moving Ouch. through this terrain.
5: Ooh.
0: And as you stumble over a crag of frozen rock, you work very hard not to drop your mother's limp form, and she clings close to you, but as you recover, she leans in and says, You need to just leave me. I I won't... I'm not helping either of you escape.
1: I'm not going to leave you.
3: Sid. Sid. don't i know you're upset and if this was my mother i i'm sure that i would feel just as upset i feel right now but
1: if this was your mother you'd leave her
3: no i Sid.
1: it's not it's not even it's not even up for debate we're not leaving her okay
3: Sid, i don't know if we can if we can even get her out of here and how
1: are we gonna get out of here where I don't, I don't even know. know where we are
3: i I mean, I've told you several times we're in hell, Sid, like literally, like I'm not even being over dramatic,
1: so you so you know we're in hell, do you know how to get out of uh, out of here is there is there like a spell that you know? or a or a I'm
3: only second level. Um... <laughs> I don't know what
1: that means, but yeah. I um... only
3: know magic missile and featherfall.
1: Okay. Uh... I only know how to stab people and steal things. So,
3: <laughs> Sid, I... <laughs> you're
1: more qualified than I am to get us out of here.
3: Sid, the last time I was in hell, I was a a baby and B, I don't even know how I got out.
1: The last time you were in hell?
3: Yes. I <laughs> I presumably was born here. I can't really get much out of Om- it
1: Okay. Okay, but so you did leave.
3: Yes, Omatep smuggled me out somehow. I don't know.
1: Okay. Again, I was a baby. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Is there... Um, Okay, we can... Well, maybe if we can figure something out, right? Um, We're not um, figuring
3: out much in the cold. I don't know why we left the inside.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, can we make a fire, maybe, to warm us up?
3: I don't I mean, I I can cast Firebolt, but I don't see any, like, wood or anything. Is there trees?
0: It is a desolate, icy tundra. There is no trees or bushes or any kind of kindling. The only things that can be set on fire around here are two young folk, and they very ill woman.
3: Yeah, like I'm not setting your mom on fire.
1: Uh I have uh I don't know why you would suggest that. I would murder you. Um, <laughs> um I have a uh, rope, um and I have a tinder box and I have uh oil. So we can make a impromptu fire and just think about this or how far there... do we wander away
0: from the um The Fortress. Looking around, you've lost sight of it. At some point, you're not sure when, but white clouds have begun to move in around you, and in the distance, there's just this wall of white, falling snow. And it almost becomes indistinguishable from where sky meets the land. In a terrifying realization, you're beginning to understand that you're perhaps in the center of a whiteout that is slowly closing in around you.
3: Is there, a like, a cave or something nearby that we can see? Or even just, like, an overhang?
0: Nearby, you can find a sh- shallow depression in a low hillside. It is a small relief from the elements, but if you're not careful and if the snow is truly falling, it is an easy place to be buried.
3: Well, Firebolt's a cantrip, so... If I need to blast our way out of there, I can.
1: Okay.
3: I probably can't use that on snow, right? Because it's like an attack.
1: You can use it on snow.
0: You I can. Think. It just won't necessarily catch fire.
3: Yeah, no, but like it'll melt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, frankly, that's,
1: okay. Um, so I'm willing we, to we take
3: that chance.
1: So we set up like a impromptu sort of um, shelter from from the cold um i take i mean I, i'm not worrying really that much um fuck i wish i had like a cloak or something no. um
3: does does a bed roll is that just like a tiny little mattress or does it blanket
0: it's basically like a sleeping bag
3: okay right. well i have one of those so yes
1: please please set that up
3: yeah for your mom obviously. Yeah. yes
1: yes yes um, and then I try to I mean I try my best to set up a impromptu little fire. Okay. Um as you set her up and wrap her in this
0: bedroll, she begins coughing and she says That 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 potion you gave me it 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 might have helped a little bit, but I <coughs> the cold I, I don't know if I can <coughs>
1: Um, uh, and I, I turn to Cherish. It. Can, can we use your healing potion, please? Healing potion.
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just,
1: I, I. Fucking
3: hate it. Mike I, so much. Like you, fucker. Um,
1: and then I, I give her the healing potion. <laughs> she takes it and begins drinking it.
3: If I was playing any of my other characters right now, you be getting garbage from me. <laughs>
1: um. Right. Um. Okay, tell me what you know about um, where we are. Like, everything. It, it, even if it doesn't seem like it matters. Just, what what do you know about where we are?
3: Well, hey, so Mike, um, mm. in my limited access to um, things at the tower, would I have been able to learn anything
0: You know it is a layer of hell. You know right. it is ruled by an individual who is apparently a rival of the Lord of the Nine, though names were never written down for fear that it would draw the attention of the archdevils.
3: Yeah, like, yikes.
0: (laughs) As they are beings of pure law, they tend to notice whenever things are written down about them. But uh, it is common knowledge that the the king of hell is Asmodeus. So, the idea that someone would rule over this land that is a rival of the Archduke of all hells is a somewhat terrifying concept. Yeah. Everything Um, else you learned of this place is that rumors, it's an icy wasteland, there's, it's a place for traitors and deceivers and those with magical machinations towards the destructive
1: bent. I mean... Does it sound like us? Like, why Why are we here?
3: I... I don't know. I... I mean... I could probably tell you that those statues of, like, you know, that dude rules this place, so, pretty scary. Um. I know that my mom's probably here, too. I don't know what she did, I don't know what your mom did. I don't know why, I mean, you could maybe draw an assumption that we're here. Because our moms are here? I don't know.
1: I mean, you don't really seem like the type to be destructive, or...
3: No, I mean, like, de- I was born here.
1: Okay. I, I check on uh, my mom. How is she doing? She's
0: shivering against the cold, despite the blanket, and as you place a back of your hand on her forehead, you can feel the fever racing under her skin. I don't know what to do. As the wind howls and moans, as you look out from this little depression you're trapped in, the wall of white seems to consume your vision. There is no up or down or land or sky. There is just this wall of consuming, swirling flakes of
1: white. Um, I... And near
0: your ear your mother says it's it's simple it's so simple what's what's the way the way to get out of hell it's very easy son you need to understand to get out of hell you have to kill the devil
1: yeah that sounds simple
0: and she looks past you towards Cherish
1: you mean you mean her you mean she said my she friend was,
0: she said she was born
1: here can I make an insight check
0: yes you can <laughs> do
4: you have detective magic no I'm a
1: rogue
3: <laughs> hey, you know what I fucking was gonna take that as one of the spells that I was gonna take for second level, and first level spell that didn't do it.
4: Normally, we're all together.
3: Exactly, Mike's
4: just like, "Yeah, let's split this party up. Let's make this go haywire real quick." <laughs> um, I got a fifteen. Ooh.
0: Your mother seems genuine. Tears up, grawl.
4: <laughs> okay, okay. If yes, if I win, I get to kill him. Rock, paper, scissors. We go on four. No. Okay. <laughs> Best three out of five. Two out of three is way too quick.
2: No. no. i I'm, I'm, you know, I'm
4: trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. Really, I am. But let's think about I'm it here.
2: Going- we're going back down to the village. I. As a village. One fawn is not gonna. We we can't go any further up. We'll we'll have to go down.
4: And it's really not I... worth dying over.
2: I can't. There's only so much I can do to protect you from from him, and I, I shouldn't need to because he. He's a civilized person and very nice and my friend.
0: And yet he keeps saying that he wants to kill me.
2: Well
3: he thinks you're
2: evil. Uh,
0: am I what? evil? You tell him, girl, am
2: I evil?
3: You have that move yet?
2: <laughs> I I do have that. I am going to divine sense. Cool. I forgot about that. Yeah. Wait. Good work. Yes.
0: So, when he says, am I evil? Tell me, am I? And you go, huh, maybe there's a way I can actually <laughs> figure this out. First thing. You oh, feel Lord. the energy of the storm above you course for a moment and grawl with a half flick of attention you see above you that several streams of lightning course towards a point just above Tirza. as she closes her eyes briefly and when she opens them again they are glowing with this dull like storm cloud gray rad and as you stare at hano you do not see the old man that let you ride reindeer or taught you how to skin and treat their meat, you see this long-limbed, gray-skinned, featureless body, its eyes burning with this dark silver light, and it stares at you. A intensity and you hear Haino's voice coming from it as it says, tell him I'm not evil. Tell him that I'm not worth killing.
2: Well, you know what your girl does. I pull out my javelin.
4: <laughs> Wait, before you do that, before you do that, Grawl reaches up realizing what Tears has done for my fist bump that I never got. <laughs>
2: Um, I...
0: To be fair, Grawl, you would have no idea what Tirza just did.
4: Well, like, her eyes are glowing. I can't put two and two together.
2: Grawl can
0: barely yeah. read, let alone do basic addition.
2: Um, I, I pull it out, I turn and I look at, at Grawl, and I give a little, like, nod. <laughs> That's as close as you're gonna get to a book. I'm sorry.
4: I'll get my fist bump It'll happen It'll happen It'll be magical It'll be great Okay
2: And I turn back to Hino And I say uh, You are an abomination What have you done With my friend And I throw my jab at him
0: Give me an attack roll
2: At him Yeah Or wait He's close to me right
0: Oh yeah You're like right on top so of him I just stab him okay that works too
2: that. i three that is a hit cool um, five, five damage
0: five damage all right did not like that so um it'll let out a a shout, and stumble backwards. And as after you attack it, your vision sort of clears, and you see just the old man Hano stumbling away from you, clutching a wound you've put into the side of his sternum, and he stares at you with terrified eyes, and says, "Tears, a tears, a no, please."
5: Dance puppets, dance. <laughs>
0: Uh... Grawl, is there anything you would like to do?
4: Yeah, Grawl says no more talking, and he <laughs> comes in with his great sword. <laughs> Ooh, that's not a good roll. That is a really bad roll. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's a that's
0: an eight. All right, eight's in the miss. So. This
5: huge greatsword cool comes
0: crashing down as Haino stumbles backwards. The stone splits with a deafening crack as this huge sword splits the ground near his feet, and he lets out a shout, stumbling backwards. Sid and Cherish, I need you to make perception checks. <sighs> I
2: ain't gonna do it.
1: <laughs> Nat twenty. IO3 <laughs> <laughs> Oh thank god.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. Sid, you are staring at cherish your mother's words bubbling through your mind and soul, contemplating what to do next when somewhere in the distance you hear the crack of stone.
1: Uh okay. Does it remind I you don't know what it means. All you know is you heard a as though stone is breaking. Um, I mean, I mean that doesn't affect, you know what's happening here. I don't know. No, um, Kill I the devil. I look at cherish,
3: cherish, who is like kneeling by the fire. Bag, uh look like going through her rations to see if there's anything any like soft that I can feed your poor sick mother. Bastard.
1: Is there anything you're not telling me?
3: Are you talking to Cherish?
1: I'm talking to you.
3: What do you what do you mean?
1: I mean it's pretty convenient that this is where you're from, and this is where we ended up. Isn't it?
3: I'm from Blue Gulch. Yeah, I was just born here, and taken away, and smuggled out. Thank God. Gods. What? Gods. Yeah. Sorry. Gods. <laughs>
1: God damn it! God damn it!
2: <laughs> Sounds. <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: I I make an insight check. I wanna I wanna really look at Cherish, and I wanna see if she's being if she has been totally honest with me because I this is not sure. Uh, yeah.
0: Um, ten. As far as you can tell, Cherish is being honest with you. You have two people with you in here that are showing you nothing but the truth. One, your mother who to the best of your knowledge died years ago but if what Cherish is saying is true then there might be some piece of her in this place that you can maybe save. But at the same time Cherish who Maybe doesn't even realize what her connection to this place is doing to you and your mother. Is standing before you, an innocent.
1: You know what? Maybe I deserve to be in here and I sit down. Did.
3: See that? I mean you do steal stuff from people, but I mean it's good.
1: I I look up a chair and I say, Please leave before I change my mind.
3: What what are you talking?
1: About? Leave me alone with my mother.
3: Okay. You don't want me to come back? Go! Okay. And Cherish kind of puts stuff that she'd taken out of a bag. Hi, right, goodbye, Sid. Leaves. Back out into the snow, which, like, I mean, I'm the one who's. But, whatever. I, I'll.
0: Almost immediately as Cherish leaves this depression, she disappears. At first is just a black outline in the white and then vanishes completely. And you are left alone with your mother.
3: Oh, fuck, I left my bedroll. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Wrapped Me in
0: out. Cherish's bedroll. <laughs> and
2: Fucking piece of shit.
0: Your mother says, You should have killed her. And then lunges at you. Attempting to grab Storm Piercer from you. Okay. I need you to make an athletics check.
5: Uh,
0: fuck. Um, that's a seventeen. All right. You barely keep the sword away from your mother as she moves with inhuman speed, clambering at you. Her withered fingers trying to clamp onto your wrist and to your sword. Cherish. Mm-hmm you find yourself wandering through the snow when behind you, you hear a screen that says you should have killed her.
3: Uh, what? Oh, like it's coming from the cave.
5: Yeah, you didn't
3: get like, very didn't, far. Oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I was like, oh god, now I'm here. That said the same thing. Um. <laughs> uh, no, I turn around and I, I kind of take a couple steps and
0: I'm like, "Uh, Sid? There's no Um, response as Sid is fighting for his life.
3: I run back in.
0: Alright. Sid is a 17 going to hit your AC. Uh, yeah. Alright. So, your mother's like, withered fingers will clutch at your throat um, and... Hit you for five damage as she grabs your shoulders and neck and slams your head into the back
1: of this cave. Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, are we rolling initiative here? Or is You're this up, my friend. Gonna... Uh, I'm going to push her off of me. Okay. Um and i'm going to i mean what should i roll uh athletics check for that
0: no you push her off her it's a frail
1: old woman oh yeah, fair enough um and i have stormpiercer mhm and i say which which of which of the which of the volumes was my favorite um
0: I mean, as a GM, I don't know the answer to this. So which of the volumes is Sid's favorite?
1: So she would know.
0: Yeah. This illusion would know. It, it ain't no illusion. She just smashed her head into a rock, my friend.
1: <sighs> um, Sid's favorite would be um, uh, Horatio Emberlite Sails the Cosmic Sea. Mm. And she says cosmic sea you'll never see such wonders you little wretch okay um so she's fuck okay uh i'm going to attack her okay this is not how um i got a 23 23 will hit okay Um, I got. So that's going to be eight.
0: Eight All damage. Right. Tirza. Haino will stumble away from the cracked earth at his feet and say, "Please, please, no!"
2: I'm going to hold my action. Uh, Tirza freezes. Haino, okay, I'm sorry, Reed.
0: It's uh, fine. It's fine. It's G- fine. Grawl, what do you do?
4: Wow, just rug burn my foot.
3: Grawl rug burns his foot.
4: Yeah, in the snow. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing feat. No one's done it before. He's the first of his kind. Um. Uh, again, I want to use my hexblade curse because I'm afraid there's going to be a bigger baddie on the way. But I don't know. Um. Did he didn't try to attack any of us? Did he? No, he's desperately pleading with Tirza, which I don't care about at all. So <laughs> I'm gonna swing, uh, <laughs> swing my uh, my greatsword at him again. Okay, and uh, let's go for the legs this time. S- the legs it sweep the legs. What'd you roll? Well. Not good. It was worse, so it's a seven this time. Wait, did you, did you just botch? No, no, okay. I rolled a two plus my. Nice. my stuff.
0: Um, so, yeah, uh, Tirza Grawl continues forward in this like chop, chop, chop motion, <laughs> trying to <laughs> smash swing. this old man into oblivion.
4: I'm supposed <laughs> to be good at this. Roll better. <laughs> I got all my good rolls out earlier when I was doing all my my, my, my ones to get all the bad ones out. They were nothing but like 17, 20, 19. <laughs> Tierza, what do you do? Uh,
2: he's still not making any, like, aggressive. He's
0: no, his hands are up. He's pleading desperately with you. This monster is trying to kill me.
2: Please stop being racist.
0: Um. <laughs> All evidence to this guy suggests that Grawl is a killing machine that is trying to murder him. He's not wrong That's at this a- moment.
2: Um. Oh God, I think she. Um, um. I think she kind of shakes herself and comes and comes forward and puts the the javelin. Um, like up to his chest and says, uh, reveal your true form to me. I saw it earlier. Show me what you are.
0: Give me an intimidation check.
2: Cool. I'm actually pretty good at that. <laughs> um, 19.
5: Ooh.
0: you'll see a flash of those dark silver eyes as the irises like blink sideways for a moment and a sneer will cross Haino's face and he'll say, well, it was worth a try. And he'll lunge at you with these long fingers and try to just bludgeon your face. Cool. Uh, it's going to be a 22 versus your AC.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: All right. He is going to just like with a gnarled fist come right at your temple and hit you for ten damage.
2: Ouch! Ooh. Ouchie, Magoo. Okay.
0: Cherish. Yes. You come into the cave. You see Sid having just stabbed his mother.
3: Um. Uh, Sid, what's what's going on?
1: I don't think she's my mom. She wouldn't talk to me the way this thing is talking to me. She's not my mother.
0: And Angela turns towards you, Cherish, and said, He's gone crazy. I
1: don't know what's happening. Oh, you're pleading to her now? You're trying to make me kill her, you creature! Reveal yourself!
3: I think Cherish, still in tears, like, like actively tears falling from her eyes, just... With, like, as soon as, as soon as Sid says, like, uh, you were trying to make me kill her, she casts magic missile <laughs>
2: <end>. Woohoo!
0: <laughs> okay. Roll me some magic missile damage.
3: Okay. nine damage. Ooh.
0: Very nice. Nine damage. Sid, what are you up to?
1: Um I am going to um I'm going to try. <sighs> yeah, I mean she's not she's not my mom, so I'm going to I'm gonna yell at it again. Reveal yourself. Okay, give me an
0: intimidation check.
1: Um, that is going to be, uh, 20. Ooh, The,
0: whatever this thing is, like, rattles back as the Cherish's magic missiles rip through it. You can see the, the garments this thing was wearing begin to tatter and fray. And you see a ripple, mystique style, just run through its flesh and it stares at you, and it blinks with that weird sideways blink, and you can see your mother's eyes replaced with these deep silver orbs. That's
1: all I need to see. Um, I, I point my sword at, at whatever it is, and I say, You made me think I saw my mother. I'm going to kill you. Slowly. Um, and then I lunge at him. It, it. Um.
0: Um, your turn was basically the intimidation check, unfortunately. Oh, great, yeah. So, Grawl. Yes. The strange old man who you've been trying to kill this whole time has now just attacked Tirza. Well, if I roll better, I'll do
4: something about it. I believe in you, buddy. Yeah.
2: Ah, okay. um.
4: Hmm. Wrathful Smite, do I want to use Third time's a charm. Okay, here we go. Eleven. Eleven is not
0: going to hit, but because it is engaged with Tirza currently, I will give you advantage.
5: Woo!
2: Twelve.
4: Twelve, <laughs> still not going to do it, my friend. Dude, I don't understand fuck this dice. You're done. Mango dice is done for the night. I mean, y-
0: your level of failure is impressive. I'll say that much. Wow,
4: wow! If only my parents could hear you now. Tears. <laughs> mm.
2: Um, I am going to. I'm going to stab him with my javelin and I before I do that I'm going to cast divine smite. Woo.
0: Smite it up.
2: Yeah. And that is a 23.
0: 23 will hit. Wow.
2: Cool. Oh my goodness. Um so Eight
0: damage from the Dabble. Nice. Now roll me some Um, Smite. The Smite is eight
2: damage.
0: So 16 total? Yep. Holy balls. Okay. It did not like that. Above you, you hear the crack of thunder as more rippling cascades of lightning course across the clouds. Beneath you, you feel the whole mountain lurch. Just this as the whole ground begins to just like ripple in time with the thunder. Cherish. Mm-hmm. This thing is not human. It is not Angela.
3: Yeah. Uh, so now I'm going to cast Firebolt at it.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh and that is a twenty-two.
0: Twenty-two will hit.
3: Uh and that is one D ten. At six fire damage.
1: Alright, six fire damage. Sid Yeah, I'm going to um attack with Stormpiercer. Yup. Nat twenty. Okay, so I do not believe we've had a
0: natural 20 on an attack roll as of yet. So how we are treating natural 20s (sighs) in material components is I have a house rule for crits and failures. Uh, For critical hits, I call them epic crits. Take your maximum amount of damage you could do. What would that be?
1: Um, That would be... Non-sneak attack, of course. Uh, Yeah, non-sneak attack... Oh, sorry. Uh, Non-sneak attack would be... um... 12. So you have that 12, now roll your damage. Uh, that's another 8, so I'm doing um 22 damage. Yes, you I'm oh, sorry, 23. Yeah, we are. Okay. Uh, so
0: <laughs> you lunge forward with a snap of light as Stormpiercer's blade begins to glow, that dull... What color is Stormpiercer's blade when it glows? Um, A light blue. Light blue flashes through this darkened cave. And leaping forward, you strike true. And in a terrifying moment of prophecy, you see the same look of shock and horror on your mother's face as she stares down at the blade piercing her heart. And as she looks back up at you, the face melts away, and that horrible gray-skinned creature without features, only eyes in its face,
1: limps and sags on your blade. Um, I pull out my sword, and I then pull out my dagger, and I just start stabbing the shit out of it. Like, I am not... I throw the sword aside, and I am just... I'm going to town on this fucker. Okay. Um,
0: we'll get back to Sid and Cherish. Okay. Haino will lunge forward and attempt to batter at Tirza yet again. That is going to be a 21 versus AC. Yeah,
2: that works.
0: Alright, and that is going to be 5 damage this just like, horrible fist comes at your head yet again.
2: Yeah, this is not doing great.
0: <laughs> Grawl, we're over to you. Okay. Um. Two of you have this thing in close quarters, coming at it from each side. You now have, you both have advantage on attack rolls.
4: Okay. Um, I am... Going to use Wrathful Smite. So if I do finally manage to hit this thing, it'll actually do something. Um, so let's see here. Nice. Yeah, okay. We're going to go with a 19. 19 will hit. Did that finally hit. Fantastic. Okay. So. Two, six. How uh,
0: how much does Wrathful Smite add on to that?
4: One extra D6, so I'm rolling three D6 here. Nice. Six, six, nine, five. So, <laughs> 17.
0: Yeah. Um, plus your charisma modifier.
4: Oh, I'm adding charisma... To your sword food. attacks, yeah. Yes, okay. Um, which your... is a three, so 20. So 20 damage, holy balls. Okay.
5: Ooh.
0: There is a deadened silence that fills the air. There's no thunder, there's no crack of ground, no holy tremor as you finish this thing off. There is only a burst of dull brown-green energy as your sword cleaves through this thing, its flesh rippling into that gray, distended creature as you cleave it in twain. And little bursts of energy in the negative space within those crackles of brown-green energy are the shape of fluttering moths as this thing is just torn apart by your greatsword. And it falls to the ground in a bloody slithering heap.
4: I told you. I don't want to rub it in. I don't want to rub it in.
2: Here's a um, pulls. <laughs> um, here's a pulls the healing potion out of her pocket, uh, out of her pocket, and pulls the cap off with her teeth and goes, "I know you did," and then chugs it.
0: <laughs> Sid. Yeah, you are stabbing the shit out of this corpse.
1: Oh yeah, full on. Like when I when I crit, like Sid was strangely um, focused. Uh, He had a very focused rage. Now it's full on like tears, uh, screaming. Um, He doesn't even. I don't even know if he knows what he's doing at this point. And you're stabbing
0: into this thing's body and there are meaty, horrible sounds of a butcher shop filling this little cave as you're just stabbing over and over and over again until finally there is a kunk as you feel yourself hit stone with the dagger and as you come down again kunk and you like come down again and you feel the blade vibrating in your hand and you're not even attempting to really stab this thing with Stormpiercer you're just mashing the hilt of it into this bloody gore on the ground until you're also hitting stone with that and until you finally come away looking at both of your weapons and the blood smearing your hands and you stare down at the cobblestones beneath your body and you look around And you see that blue-gray pall surrounding you, that strange statuesque quality of the courtyard as you stare around and cherish. You find yourself just behind Sid. You are watching him just mercilessly beat at this corpse, not sure what to do when you find yourself in that same blue-gray in-between place, that courtyard. Just to your left, you see Tirza and Grawl standing a little bit at odds with each other, Tirza casting away an empty healing potion bottle. Just in front of you is the fountain where you found the witch, and she floats there even now, staring down at you. Just to your left, you see two people that you don't recognize staring down at their own bloody hands and they look up in wide-eyed terror at you four and the Skyn Witch and one of them a human woman falls to her knees and begins to scream to your right kitty corner from the fountain you see a charcoal skinned tiefling a pale, white gnome. A large minotaur with prayer beads wrapped around his wrist. And a an aladrin. Its skin, an icy blue, its hair white, staring into the middle distance. And they stand near each other and clasp each other's shoulders and shake their heads. Across from you, on the other side of the fountain, a gray-skinned silver-eyed figure appears tilts its head to the side and then vanishes
3: um so first i still like silently sobbing um cherish uh puts his hand on sid's shoulder um and he's still like covered in blood right
0: no, there's no blood.
3: Oh, okay.
1: Um Sid just is uncontrollably sobbing at this point. He falls to his knees.
3: Yeah, Cherish is definitely like like all over that hug business. Also crying, but just definitely. Wow, we went through some shit just now, huh?
0: Tirza and Grawl, your two friends are crouched near each other on the ground just before you. Sid is just
2: a mess. Um, I think Tirza looks look around the square at all of the other groups and then goes to Sid and Cherish and Um <laughs> I Sid, are you all right? I, I mean obviously you're not all right but
1: I don't even I don't even pros I don't hear what you say.
2: That's that's fair I think.
0: Um, Above you the silver white figure of the sky witch floats almost serenely and she says Threadless the first test is passed you have faced the winds and emerged victorious One year and a day the second trial waits for you there One year and a day and with a flash of silver-white light, you find yourselves standing in a courtyard filled with light and music and song at the end of the second day of the Maker Festival in the city of Stormhaven in the Tempest Rest Valley. To your right, the charcoal-skinned tiefling will slam his shield into the ground and say Sat Bitch
5: Set Bitch
0: The Minotaur will come over to him and place a hand on his shoulder. The little gnome with white skin will smile languidly and say I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it. To your left that woman who had fallen to her knees is just sobbing uncontrollably, staring at her hands. The human man that had appeared with her stares just blankly into the middle distance, not moving.
3: Um If if Sid is uh if Sid is able, I think Cherish is gonna try to like bring him to his feet like like slowly at least
1: yeah um i need to i need to go somewhere um i have a
5: yeah
1: um yeah i need to i need to go and i i i leave
0: Sid disappears into the crowd of the city. Almost before you know it, his frame vanishes within the crowd. He's adept at losing himself in the city.
3: Cherish, what happened? I guess that you guys saw something bad. That was pretending to be something good.
2: Yes, we did. Um Um, here's a uh I don't even know what tears it does.
0: You Grawl, do whatever you. your Actually, characters. You yeah. What does Tirza do? What does Tirza do? Uh,
2: <sighs> Tirza turns to Grawl and says, Grawl, thank you. I won't doubt you again. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll do it.
0: And you receive the ancient. Hobgoblin right of
4: respect, Knuckles. Word. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, seriously, no. Tearsa whoops some ass, and 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 Grawl has a uh, a much higher respect for for Tirza now because mostly he's like, yeah, I'd fight her. Seems like a challenge kind of thing. Uh, Tirza yeah.
0: being the youngest of the group as well. Because I believe at this point Tirza is, what, 13? I'm 13. <laughs> so, the smallest of the group now has Gral's greatest respect. Nice. The rest of you go your separate ways eventually, not quite sure how to process the events you witnessed during the trial. The rest of the Maker Festival passes in a bit of a blur. But on the fifth day, one thing does unify you all. And that is a letter that appears wherever you can find it. With a... embossed seal at its bottom that is instantly recognizable. As it is that strange triple helix pattern... Of the old mage's staff, and the note simply reads I will help you in any way I can. All you need do is ask. You have a year and a day until the next trial. And I think we'll leave it there for now for this episode of Material Components.
2: Wah, wah. <laughs>
4: I had a great time. Thank you long, to long long all day. my stalwart adventurers for
0: being dragged along on what is our sophomore episode. It can only get better from here. <laughs> oh good! And,
3: it is, and it is just only the second one, the only the second one we've ever done. The listeners don't <laughs> yeah. need
0: to know about the other one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Always exist in our hearts. So a lot more uh, fun than this one. Let me tell you. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyone have I, anything I to that. plug before we let go?
3: Um, uh, as, as always, this is the last second episode. You can find me at cast that is Schrodinger without any vowel. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it.
4: Uh, I will go next. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you can always find me, uh, online, uh, at Twitter, Instagram, at at the readamus, um, that's t h e r e e d i m u s. Uh
1: yeah, um, okay. I do not current. Oh, sorry, go ahead.
2: I think we're about to say the same thing. What that right.
1: we don't have anything to plug at the moment, yeah, yeah, someday. way to go. Us someday, someday, and this uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> fist bump. Oh, yeah, we're so cool.
0: <laughs> and as always you can reach us on twitter at matcom rpg you can probably see it up in the video there but for those listening it is spelled M A T C O M R P G. you can also email us at materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com we always love hearing from all of our listeners you can find me on twitter at mk or you can follow omatep at npc underscore an, as he is an important npc Uh, And if you want to hear me wax rhapsodical about comic books, you can go listen to me over at Panel on Panels, where I talk with two of my co-hosts about all things comics and comics related. So I think that does it for us here at Material Components for this week. Uh, Thanks for coming along on this heavy journey, guys. And thank you all for listening slash watching. We'll
2: talk to you next time. Bye. Cheers.